I should have been recording the whole time. That's okay. I didn't watch it, but I told Brandon you guys can speak freely because I don't feel the need to. Have you seen it? Have you seen it before? No. Had our conversation. It's a fascinating little curio, I think. In the I'll watch it someday because I do. I do love Glenn, and it might be my favorite performance of her. It's one of the juiciest roles. I mean, it is a. I've seen her in a Star Is Born moment. Totally, and it's really good. Sort of perfectly blends her own star image is born with this character she plays in the film who is also having her own uh, entrance into the spotlight mm-hmm. out of nowhere. And in the mm-hmm. movie, and I feel like the reception to Garp, it's like, where did this woman come from? Yeah. Yeah. This is a genius. The way she talks in the first section when Garp's a child. Garp. I, I just found everyone, myself. Everyone dies, Garp. I just found myself like, puttering around like you, Ben, just around the house speaking in a voice. <laughs> and mine was the Glenn <laughs> voice. And then he had I another erection. Puttering. And then he had another erection. And, and then, then I sat erection. upon the erection. Oh my God. And then you came out, Garp. The first scene in the movie is her talking to her parents and being like, I had sex with him and I don't know where he is. I do know where he is. He's dead. And I didn't know where he was before then. And I'm just very happy with my decision. And this is Garp. G-A-R-P, Garp. Like, is that, a, is that his first name or his last name? It's just Garp. Like, she's so headstrong. And it's, I love her in this movie. I, yeah, she's fucking great. Anyway. Do you, you think you back it up? the big chill nomination is just because she's Glenn Close? Does well, anyone else think that? Like, she's good. Um, yes. Like, she's good, no, yes. I mean, but. It, I would say it's a little bit of an upbending yes and no. She's not Glenn fucking Close. This wow. is her second nomination. She's, she's coming off of Garb. Granted, she was a big critic's favorite for Garp. I think she either she was a runner-up or either won like National Society of Film Critics, L.A., New York, like some of those. In mm-hmm. that, and she and John Lithgow both did really well yeah. on like the higher, the more pinky in the air critics groups. I think, I think that there is this idea of rewarding this actress we've just gotten to know and really feel like is, you know, due for greater things. Yeah. But I do think that that performance is tricky. And actually serves as a template for what I think Glenn does through most of the rest of her career, or anyway, her Oscar-nominated oh. works. Um, but we'll get into that when we get into that. It's, it's yeah, it is. After watching, I was like, "Huh, Oscar nomination? Mm-hmm. Is it? Is her Oscar clip just her sobbing on the bathroom floor? Like, I hope it's her ass shaking in the kitchen. There's like that dancing. shot, yes, yes. of yes. just her. It's ass. kind of a wild insert shot." Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think butts. I I hope that it wasn't the scene where she's bawling in the shower, but that is it comes out of nowhere because she's just been so collected. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we see her get the news that Kevin Costner's dead in the first scene, like she has the single tear, but she's not, you know, she's not overcome with grief in any mm-hmm. sort of um, overly emotive, like hyperly emotive way. But when that moment happens, when when we go, she's like sort of a little more placid, she's the adult in the room, and she seems to be the responsible one. She's not staying up late and drinking with everybody. And then it's just, it's almost like a smash cut. And it's not even really remarked upon again. And we just see how devastated she is by this moment. And then the next time we see her, she's she's got her face on again. So it's, Mm -hmm. it ends up, you end up watching that performance in a different way after that moment. And that's obviously partly in the editing and in the direction. But Glenn literally just like gives you the waterworks and gives you the fireworks 
from a woman that you thought was far more reserved than that, and yeah. then she never goes back to it. Right. It's just this That's what I brief thought. glimmer of this. I you thought she'd go back. Private moment. It's a bit. I will talk about it when we get into it. I want to bullshit for a little bit. I don't want to excuse jump into me. this just yet. But I think that Glenn Close. You're excused. Bless you. Oh, that's what you're supposed to say. <laughs> you're excused. Excuse you, Christ. I think that she is a performer who operates with a lot of public and private positions. In that's her work. right. She does. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. But we can dig into it. So Ben. Mm-hmm. Welcome home. Ben is back. Thank you. Ben is back. 2018. You know, I'm surprised you didn't just stay in Canada. I should have. Yeah. Never should have come home because bad things are already happening. (laughs) A lot of bad things are happening. Cynthia Nixon didn't win the governor's race today. You've been back. You've been back. Not even a full day. No, but I do think that, I mean. Yeah. yeah. I've been on the ground for more than 820. Oh, okay. So we just hit 24 hours. Yes. I've not been in my apartment for 24 hours yet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's been a lot of really shameful items in the news lately in terms of some of our, some of our country's actions involving five digits of detained children and yeah. the president's Puerto Rico. I need to get. Today. I haven't but really been reading the news, and they're like, I see snippets of things. And I'm like, I don't know the full story there yet, but this is not. Good. It is a f- not good. Fully it's not good. shameful time but i do think that there's some encouraging news coming out of the new york primary today prominently that all these like turncoat democrats seven out of nine are getting kicked out if those numbers hold so anyway this is not a this is not a political show by any means i was just gonna say but maybe actually you know this is pod save america this is pod save america (laughs) imo but maybe it maybe it was good to come back from canada because we might be able to turn the ship around slightly in a couple of months that's what maggie thatcher would advocate Oh, no, she, no. Would not, she would advocate for steering the ship directly forward into the Falkland Islands. <laughs> the Falkland Islands. Is that what you would do to Hawaii? <laughs> Shall I be mother? Why? We didn't, you didn't just surrender to Tojo. <laughs> Don't be thick in front of me, Al, is my favorite line in The Iron Lady yes. with Mer- Meryl Streep's Maggie so, Thatcher. I've rewatched that clip that you sent, Ben, mm-hmm. a couple times, and <laughs> is the shot of her out of focus intentional? <laughs> when the cush Yes. Uh, this is what's what so... What the fuck? This is what's so stupendous what? and stupefying <laughs> about Philadelphia Lloyd's direction in The Iron Lady. <laughs> it is... Not, it's not just all over the place. You get the sense that she... Was experimenting, not in a Godardian way, not in a Decker, like Deckerian, Josephine Deckerian kind of way. She just didn't understand how coverage worked <laughs> and didn't understand how a shot list worked. And so she really, I think, like she must have watched Battleship Potemkin like the day before going to said, She's like, we're going to do everything. We're going to do candid angles. We're going to play with focus. We're going to play with composition. We're going to have Maggie be in the bottom right frame. And then we're going to cut from that to a lip pan in Parliament. Like, and, and then I think she gets to the editing room. And, uh, and, and, and realizes I need to pack every single <laughs> shitty piece of there's, there's every sh- shot. I got to pack it when in. When it cuts What's to a just a shot of her, like mm, over, yes. she's talking still. Yes. It also does <laughs> I thought it was an accident. It does this amazing thing that kind of seems like an accident, but you know it's intentional because that's it, the thing about the when choices. When it pans the- over. So yes. the guys, mm, it mm-hmm. goes past it's just like her. The camera's yes. just drifting. Hush, 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 baby. It, it's like um, there's a moment that is just so affected that it has to be intentional in the editing. You'd think it's a mistake that they accidentally kept two takes in the timeline oh, next to each other. Oh, her line. Where she just repeats the line twice, but it's sort yeah. Of, it's uh, it reminds me reminds me of a specific <laughs> filmmaker who I can't think of right now. I'm kind of ashamed. Oh, it reminds me of Scorsese. 
Yeah, I you can know? see that. Like, they were just doing some wild experimentation yeah. <laughs> in the years and absolutely none of it works. Some of you. <laughs> Is that the line she repeats? Yes. Some of you. Some of you. Some of you. <laughs> Can There's you, a little more to it, but I forget what that. Can you the do the is. the line? <laughs> if you Dude, maybe if you had a Falkland Islands <laughs> that you were passionate about, why don't you go and put on a beret and pay eighty five percent of your income of your income to the French government? <laughs> the way that she really hits the first N in government really touches me in my soul. <laughs> Perfect elocution. She's got the British dialect down. It's the best line reading of the decade. Yeah, we will be talking more about the Iron Lady as we get to the Albert, the Albert Snopes of it all. Mm-hmm. Because I think that there's a fascinating dynamic going on in Best Actress <laughs> that year. Most fascinating that the Best Actress of the year wasn't nominated. Yes, in... but Glenn doesn't always do drag. Wait, so no. we'll talk Iron about Iron Lady... Was the same year as Nobs. Yes. Let's see if I can get them. It's it's what Nobs was in the water. It's Nobs, Iron Lady, My Week with Marilyn. Oh, that's we were trying to figure them out. And that was the, and that one, was the that, one I couldn't remember. I mean, that and Viola and the Help, who should have won. Mm. I everything by I love I what Viola was saying in the New York Times about the Help. I, I if you haven't read that interview, I strongly urge you to read it. Um, and Ava DuVernay uh, tweeted support, you know, saying that like the Help was the last movie that I did PR for. I had I was done at that point, but you know, worked with nice people, and I acknowledge that it it pushed me to the point where I couldn't do it anymore. And it sh- I think that a lot of that spirit shines through in Viola's performance, and that's why I think it's so good. She's I think The Help is a deeply flawed film, and not just on a problematic level, like the filmmaking too. Yeah. But I do contend that Viola and the David Viola in the Davis Viola and the Help <laughs> is one of the great studio performances of the last ten years. Yeah, and it's not and it's not because of the film; it's because of her. Yeah. Right. Um, and she gives a lot more life to that character than I think was in the script. Oh, yeah, big time. Yeah. That's but, a relevant topic for today's episode, I think. Oh, yes. are, we do- are we doing another TIFF episode? Ben, why don't you tell us about Widows? That I slept through? Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Oh, right. Oh, I, I thought oh, I no. thought you like went and then no. sat down and then fell asleep. And then I think- it started at 8.30 and I opened my eyes and was like, for sure, it's past. But it was, it was 8.20, but I was like, I'm not... Google. Sorry, I want to keep on late. this rhythm, but I'm realizing the other nominee was Michelle Williams in Blue Valentine. Who should have no. won? No. No? You already Michelle said Michelle Williams, Williams in My Week with Valentine. Oh, my Week with, my week with Valentine. Rooney. the fifth? Rooney. Yeah, oh, I, for I, I, I maintain. I maintain. Mm. I give it to Viola. Mm. Anyway, as you were. As you were, sir. I was just moaning. Oh, I have done battle every day every of my day life, sir. My life, and you will rue the day. <laughs> I, too, rue the day, sir. <laughs> God, what a film. I need to watch it. I've never what seen I, it. What I loved about it. I watched it in full while unpacking today. I love that, I love that you, you did, did that. did? Yes. It's high camp. I, it is high camp. I think, it starts with her at the convenience store oh yeah. getting at the Tesco's. milk. And she like foists it onto the counter. <laughs> it's a, it's $1.49, ma'am. How much? No. <laughs> One pound 40. And she, she knew when she got out of office, the liberals were going to raise the price of milk. Oh, yeah. She knew it in mm. her. It's like, Pat, it's like, the whole movie is framed with like her with dementia. Yeah. <laughs> speaking to her dead husband. But you don't know and, he's dead. <laughs> and, well, you do pretty early. Oh, well, that's not how it's I remember. Revealed, you literally yeah, just watched it. Is it is revealed much earlier than I thought it was. I remember being sort of a sixth sense twist that Bruce Willis is Jim Broadbent. <laughs> It's it's a lot. Olivia Coleman, her daughter, Correct. tells her pretty early, Dad is dead. She's like, <laughs> You remember that? I too can commend my dead, my dead 
husband some. Uh, <laughs> what I, you know, you know, Margaret Thatcher is a monster. She's a union buster, bad, bad, bad leader. But you got to hand it to her over George H.W. Bush, who couldn't name the price of a uh, quart of milk or whatever it she was. She knew the name she, of everything. She knew it. She and knew then, how much a gallon as of milk was. As one of the men in cabinet whispers in front of her, she's a grocer's daughter. And she goes, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> Speak your opinions in front of my face. <laughs> shall shall I be mother? T Al T. Don't be thick in front of me, Al. Mm. Wow, I can't wait to watch this movie. Uh, we're talking more so we're about talking... this movie later in the show. Right, I have more because to say. We'll have a lot to say. It's Glenn Close's it's Glenn nominated Close's best performance. performance. <laughs> <laughs> if I could. If I could have a shop, I would put... Well, when I asked you to walk out with me, I didn't think you would... It was a... It was a flea! (laughs) (laughs) Well, sir... Madam... Looks like this. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is, no one can see you. She looks like a confused I'll take owl. A photo. She looks like a confused owl with she a little like quaff. There's a, like a there's a bit of a reptilian. The skin. Look to I the, mean, the skin. The makeup of the skin is a little off. The, the Oscar-nominated <laughs> lizard skin and Albert Knobs. Um, uh, and Janet McTeer's Academy Award-nominated breasts. <laughs> <laughs> she dumps out her jugs. <laughs> <laughs> and Albert Knobs in the kitchen, and then she has to go fix and them. Albert is like these are double D's now. <laughs> Albert Knobs makes like a guttural like, <laughs> like runs the other way. It's the sound of her soul leaving her body. He made this. He probably made the sound I made in Roma <laughs> at the most emotional moment of Roma. It's <laughs> <just> like oh. <laughs> Wait, I want to find the clip when she dumped out her jugs. Is the funniest thing that has been said on this podcast 50, ever. Fifty episodes. Happy. Then. 50th episode, ah, that no. is how we are celebrating, is by dumping out our jugs <laughs> on the air. 50. <laughs> Do you hear that? Shh. It's the sound of me dumping out my jugs. <laughs> I'm trying to Google this, and it's just Albert Knobs seen with boobs. <laughs> I mean, that's the way it's directed. Like, it, it doesn't, like We're not, like... I want to make it clear. We're not just like making a laugh because a woman exposes her breasts. It is such a clumsy moment. Oh, it's like the way removed. that it's directed. Oh. You have to give Janet like Janet McTeer is actually doing some smart work in this movie. Janet she, McTeer is she's actually not bad. She, she's not bad. Janet McTeer understands that this is the volcano exploding inside of Knobs moment. The, vol- the the lava being dumped out of the volcanic jug moment. She knows to sort of play it up as sort of a gotcha or like a like a huge WTF yeah. moment. Yeah. Because she knows that she's blowing Albert's mind. Ugh. Each actor in this movie Whew. is in a different movie. What a good laugh. Correct. Mia Wasikowska thinks she's in a David Cronenberg. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good... I mean, that is a cruel performance. Yeah. Albert Knobs is one of the meanest movies I've ever seen. I really... It really it is. is. It's so cruel. And, and to I, Albert Knobs and to all of its... And Knobs is a martyr figure in a way, but... <laughs> It's just so rude the way that it cuts from knobs being like, I can see it right now. I'll have a little shop and a lounge in the back. It'll be mostly tobacco. And, and then you realize, like, knobs doesn't smoke. So it's like he's like this beautiful, you know, idiot. And, 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 and then it cuts from her talking about her dreams to 
Aaron Taylor Johnson scheming with Mia Vosikovska yeah. being like, we're going to take him for everything he's got. Yeah, it almost like sides with it, them. The movie seems to side with the de- with you know with the family plot. Yeah. Yes. Oh my god. It's, it's so rude. So and then up. and then sort of you know it, it feels like it, it's done right by Albert at the end when when she names the baby Albert. Mm. And then Janet McTeer's like, like, I'm sorry, but Albert just cracked his skull against the wall. Like yeah. Albert's dead. <laughs> That's the other thing that that Albert can just get pushed against a wall. Like the the the, the film views him as so weak. Mm-hmm. Like weak he enough. He didn't even hit his head that hard. Well, and this is we can talk about this later, but I just have a. I think the film has a problematic relationship with gender. And, Absolutely. And I think that there is a frail quality to Nobbs that the movie seems to position to her gender more than anything else. And the fact that Nobbs can get smashed into a wall and die with, like, it's not that strong of a push. Within minutes, he's yeah. dead. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And yeah. Well, I don't know also that Nobbs just accepts it. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> just, climbs, like, sits climbs down. into bed and, well, and dumps... Well. <laughs> the, the blood jug, which is the ear, blood from the ear jug. Well, I the guess sound I'm dead now. The sound of the cracking makes to die when his head hits the wall. What's it's the a, sound? Tinnitus ring. That's the sound of a book that's been opened for the first time. Oh boy! <laughs> oh, what is she doing in that scene? <laughs> What is she, the Downton Abbey lady, <laughs> right? What are you right? talking about? <laughs> the, in the wife. Academy Award winner, Brenda Fricker. Give me a cigarette. <laughs> the, I the, lady, the lady writer in the wife, in the, the flashback. Old, the bitter uh, writer. Elizabeth McGovern. Yes. Is phenom. <laughs> phenom. She is doing high camp. Your book will never be read. <laughs> Piece of advice. Give up already. Piece of advice. Die. Piece of advice, back it in. Piece of advice, yeah, die at least. Die. 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 God, then I, I think, forgot. Why don't you open that book? And then there's just like a really loud... <laughs> I laughed so hard. Whipping a book off the shelf. A puff of dust <laughs> comes up. I know, I mean, Ben, you don't quite have the sound right. When she opens it, it goes... <laughs> Who's leading this week? I figured Ben would be in charge. Here I am, in charge of ben Glenn Close's back. filmography. Yes, I've been in charge of Glenn Close's career for, for about forty years. <laughs> chosen, chosen all of her roles. Wow, you did a good um, job. I feel like a lot of people on the internet think I'm anti-Glenn. Because, I thought you were anti-Glenn because I just I never thought just that. because I said I don't think she's going to win, which I still think she isn't going to win. But now that I've seen the movie, I think she probably should if win. She gets nominated for knobs. Mm-hmm. She gets n- at least nominated for the wife. She'll get nominated, and she'll be like second to Lady Gaga. It here's the thing: we're in this quote unquote new academy, mm-hmm. and I think that with a new academy, with a younger academy, with a more global academy, Gaga has more pull. Yeah, I think Gaga has more pull. I think that had this been a couple of years ago, Gaga gets the nomination, but we're kind of wondering up until nomination. And you know, we're this is so speculative. We're months away from all this stuff, but we're up, like up to nomination morning, we're like Gaga could get left off. Like. Yeah. Don't expect this. And then Glenn sort of sweeps in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if, anyway. if it comes down to Glenn and Gaga. You've seen both performances. Yes, I Why have. don't you speak to that? If it comes down to them. Which I think it will, don't you guys? I don't. I, th- I just think it's still so early, Too early to yeah. guess. Yeah, it's a bit of a toss um, up. Yeah. I think oh. Glenn absolutely deserves it more just on the basis of this one performance. Mm-hmm. But I also believe. I mean, regardless of what the other four nominees are, 
I think Glenn does give an outstanding. I've oh, never she's spectacular. Yes. I have yes. never before really believed people when they say they didn't like a movie but they liked the the lead in mm-hmm. it. I've I've always thought that was bullshit, and mm-hmm. this movie has made me believe that that's something that one can feel. A movie yeah. utterly <laughs> devoid of craft still made me feel things. Yeah. Entirely, entirely on her shoulders. Yeah. She's spectacular in the film. She yeah. really is. And the way that we talk about Barry Jenkins being a symphonic filmmaker, I mean, I have used the word to describe her fatal attraction performance as a very rap, like it's a rhapsodic performance. I do think that The Wife is a fairly symphonic performance yeah. in some of the movements she's playing with here. It's stunning. It's absolutely yeah. stunning. Do you want to introduce the show and then we can keep Hi. talking about it? Okay, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> This is Movies IMO. This is our 50th episode. Congratulations to all of us. Congratulations to you and to you and, and to you and to me. Um, and, yes. My name is Ben Empey. My name is Daniel Crook. Brandon Kirby. Sorry, I was choking, <laughs> choking on Anchor Steam. Um, I, I, I thought you were just going to nod to the mic and go, nubs. <laughs> nubs. <laughs> Take nubs. it back. I'm nubs. <laughs> anyway. I can't remember her name in Dangerous Liaisons, but that's what I should have said. The Madame. She's the. Uh, uh, yeah. God, it's uh, John Malkovich is such a dastardly, the gay, de not gay man. <laughs> the Marquis de. Yes, she's the yeah. Marquis de something. Martul. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Considering, anyway. considering she's playing you. I know. The, My biopic. You're born, Dangerous in, you're born in like 88. Okay. I believe she. This movie comes out in uh, 1988. 88. I believe that. You know, it's sort of that. That movie birthed me. Exactly. But <laughs> that movie is like the nuclear bomb in Twin Peaks The Return birthing evil. <laughs> but for me. That's, that's going to top whatever pull I'm trying to make right here as a, as a comparison. Yes. Um, we're here today to talk about The Wife. Um, directed by like Bjorn Svengard or D- something. Directed by, uh, you know. A Swede? Glennifer Close. Some sort of Swede. I wish I realized before I quote that it was a science fiction movie that it took place in 1993. Can we talk about aging in this film? (laughs) The fact that I don't even, I'm not even going to look up the actor and actress. It's the, I don't know either names, but who play the young versions of them. Yeah. This is like in the end of the 60s. And it's only 30 years between then and (laughs) their 70s. And and they have gone from 17 (laughs) to 70 in the course of 30 years. And it's a, it's a prime example for just how clumsy this movie is mm-hmm. on just the most basic choices. Yeah. yeah. Most basic choices. And, so I, yeah, and I thought that they were aged properly, but that the children weren't. Yeah, right. But, this, is what, I this is what happens when you hire like 35 year old twinks yeah. to play. Like, even if that, even that's age appropriate, like, you do not need a pretty boy mm-hmm. to play this role to project that he has this sexual quality, right. this like voracious appetite type thing. Mm-hmm. Like, he ends up reading. 23 they end up i mean he yeah. is her professor i like it's the, unbelievable that he is a professor the flashbacks wild. in 1958 yeah they're atrocious they're Ugh. like unforgivable we'll get into it but it's truly unforgivable but ben what are, what are we doing to celebrate the big 50 with with the wife what was our homework oh we're doing a glenn close <laughs> retrospective wow we are talking about her well, we're talking about five of her six Academy Award nominations, right. which are... I believe... Um, the World According to Gerp. Yeah. Um, Fatal Attraction, which I'm still going to talk about, even though we didn't watch, because okay. I think it's her best Because we've already talked about it on this, which is why it's not officially part of yeah. this episode. We are talking liaisons. about all Dangerous six nominations. Yeah. All six, yeah. and then probably the prospective seventh. Um, 
Albert Nobbs. Albert Nobbs, the world according to God. Did I say that? The Big Chill. Big Chill. And of course, um, 101 Dalmatians. 101 Dalmatians. Yes. It's a landmark in the American cinema. Is it? It's not the natural. No, no, she no, did no, not. Sorry. She did not get an Oscar swallow nomination my, my for the natural. No, no, no. It was definitely one hundred. It was definitely one hundred one Dalmatians. Yes, catch mm. those puppies. When she, <laughs> when she, <laughs> that, 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 that's Glenn Close when, picking up these late career nods for oh. shitty movies. She's just, oh. like, she's just like going Tarzan <laughs> vine to vine, but grabbing Oscar. She's like, get those puppies. <laughs> when she falls into the molasses. Is that for a mixed metaphor? Oh, that's classic. It is iconic. Yeah, yeah. That is burned into my brain. That there, movie there, is iconic. There's really the two different camps when it comes to um, landmark American cinema that's a little cartoony. You've got the Joker falling into a vat of acid, Jack Nicholson and Batman, mm-hmm. and then you've got Glenn Close falling into the vat yeah. of molasses and under one dimensions. I tend to side with the latter. Wow. The raccoon's high five. Oh, no, it's a blast. It's a real <laughs> gas and a half. <laughs> Dude. My, my ass is giggling when I watch it. <laughs> Julie Richardson and Jeff Daniels get married, or they get engaged the day they meet. That's a plot point. There's right. each, would you like a cup of marriage? And she's just like, yes. In fact, I would. I like uh, when Glenn Close shades Jeff Daniels for having his career in video games. Video games. People pay people to make these Contraptions. Meanwhile, fellow queen Isabel Luper is just like standing in the wings mm. in her own L and just like, we need more literary aspects in this. <laughs> She's like, more fucking in yes. this video game. <laughs> Claire Fuckbox Denis also <laughs> believes that. Did you guys hear from either of my roommates that Claire started crying at the Q&A? No. That oh, she why? was, um, she was saying, she was just talking about what the Robert Pattinson character feels for the baby. Oh, that's beautiful. And she started crying. She's just so moved by the, the feelings. Is that what he's looking at on a monitor as a no. baby? No. Because mm-hmm. then the, the Johnny... Do you want to know? It's not really a spoiler. I, I don't want to know. I don't, don't want to know. And I Claire, already, like, have learned a little bit more about the fuck box than I'd like to know. And I don't also, know anything Claire, else. Someone asked Claire, like, are you thrilled with the reviews? And Claire was like, I haven't read any of the reviews because I still feel like I'm in the movie. That was her phrase. I am still in the movie. I mean, no reviews have... Oh, there they are. There are a few... A couple reviews, and they're all pretty ecstatic. The written reviews. All the the written reviews are glowing. Yes. So the haters are just... I think the haters are just people who were just there. You know what I mean? Like, there are plenty of normal people that go to TIFF. Right. Because the reviews are extraordinarily (laughs) positive. And they're like... It's everyone... I mean, I think... The way that it was presented is, it's sort of like people that didn't know who Isabelle Huppert was before Elle, they still like were told who Isabelle Huppert is, and I think that's how people are approaching High Life, as like, this is a great French filmmaker making their English language debut, and so people were excited to see that. And, and it's Pattinson. Claire Denis yeah. speaks in a visual language that is completely her own. Mm-hmm. She has that ability to... She has, like, the, the Lucrezia Martel thing where it can be this single insert shot that is yeah. framed in such a specific way that it evokes... It's like you said on your... Um, I listened to your Oh, yeah, it's my diary. Diff, my TIFF diary. Have you yes. listened to it yet, Brandon? Oh. Yes. oh, my God. <laughs> right, but it's sort of... If you're, if you're jumping into the deep end or the high life in this case, having not seen the film, not yeah. that that stopped me before, but I imagine... That could be a bit of a jarring experience mm-hmm. if you're not prepared to flex some cinephilia. Yeah. It's a movie I've never 
seen anything like it before. I, I would say that of three movies I saw at TIFF, I've never seen anything like it before. High Life, The Godard, and If Beale Street Could Talk. Never in my life. Those movies have never been made before. Oh, I just got chills. Speaking I, of movies that have never been made before, Brandon. Albert yes. Nobbs. I can't <laughs> wait. Back to the wife. I can't wait. This is so stupid, but I can't wait to see what that NPAA rating is going to read. <sighs> Jesus. <laughs> it's going to be like uh, this, It's not gonna going this, to be. This that tall. was diabolical. A24 is not going to release a not rated movie. A24 probably knows enough people at this point that they can get the R. They'll, no, they'll, it's really, they'll get, they'll get the R. Whatever, like, I think it was, I don't know who said it on Twitter, but like, it's, the, the hype was beyond what it actually is. Okay, that's what I'm you know, figuring. You I know, mean, we've it's seen. It's like a lot for normies, as I said on my diary. You know who won't but, catch yeah. the R, Brandon? All those New Yorkers who voted for Andrew fucking Cuomo Ooh. over the, over the today's election day. Ooh. Is there an R train? Maybe. No, there isn't. Well, there is in, 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 in there is in my world. There is <laughs> Wait, in the world I'm living maybe in. Maybe there is. Maybe it's just one. It may, NQR, I think, might be one of the lines. I've completely derailed. No pun intended. Sorry. Sorry. Anyway. So the wife. Speaking of movies. I walked into before, the wife because I wanted to get the podcast on line before I left this morning. That was a fun twist, by the way. Finding out at the end of your video diary, you your root- diary, you weren't in Toronto anymore. Yeah. Gasp. Because I don't know. It was a very elliptical cut. <laughs> on Monday. <laughs> oh my god. Filmmaking. On Monday night. Have you Because Monday was the day Sediment? I saw. Magic no, Tuesday was the day I saw High Life. I don't know why. What did I do that night that Time I was, is a flat that I circle didn't? Into. I liked the part when Truly. you were clearly a little tipsy. Was that the one where I gave up? When you were just having a great time and then we're like, I'm out. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was Matt's birthday. Happy birthday, Matt. Oh, happy belated. And then I got back and I was like, oh shit, I have to talk about burning. And I started and I was like, I can't. I can't do it. Mm. Goodbye. Bye-bye. I can't wait. Mm-mm-mm. I can't uh, wait. As, much, as exhausting as a film festival is, I wish it was my entire life every day of Year. That's you how know I what feel I mean? about going to AFI because I had screened for them last year and I had a pass and I was between jobs and so I had a lot of time and I I resolved to see like four movies yeah, a day did. for like ten days and I it was so great I had the revelation I I, I met up with Ben to see Let the Sunshine In mm-hmm. and I met you in line I'm like I just had the best realization of my life I don't want to write about movies for yeah. a living and then I've been so much happier ever since I gave that up but. It was such an exhausting experience. I was just looking over my um, my schedule from that week, and I saw 21 movies, I think. Yeah, that's um, wild. And I, a lot of which, similar to you at TIFF, a lot of them were canned competition films from the previous year. I, you know, they, they always play such great stuff in the American independent section. I never go there. Anyway, it's... It's, I hope that we get Long Day's Journey tonight I'm at sure AFI that we will. See, because I didn't get to see it at TIFF. I'm sure that we will. Like, I feel like Be Gone is like... That's the name of the filmmaker, right? Yeah. That's like right up the um, the World AFI. Cinema Alley. Yeah. The World Cinema section in, in AFI is just They're unparalleled. Very good. Very good, Ziva. How does Glenn say it in Dangerous Liaisons? Very good. Very good. Very good, John Milkovich. Very good. <laughs> you, Very good. You devious. Valmont. Gaiman. Valmont. Valmont. <laughs> there are and so many There's so much scheming. And, and it's... 
and it's I sumptuous. Just, I love it. We'll talk about Dangerous Liaisons when we get to it. I'm, I'm just like scared that I'm a little too moralistic for this movie. You did give it a three and a half, and I question it. And I know that is like, um, I mean, I don't question that it's your opinion. I just question that anyone should have that well, opinion. I mean, there are, <laughs> there are innumerable examples of movies that I love and hold near and dear to my heart that we've talked about on this show that you have dismissed with a three star on Letterboxd. So, yeah. and, I, and I don't give you too much shit about it. Well, we can talk about Dangerous Liaisons when we get to it. I just think that Stephen Fears is not an interesting director. And I think it's one of his two interesting movies. <laughs> is we the can other Philomena? Filmina no, but is good. Filomena is fun. Fox. I like Filomena. But no, the other the one is The Grifters. Fucks. The Queen does Which fuck. I've never seen. I've the Grifters, seen Grifters is great. Oh, I saw The that. Queen opening weekend at the at the Independent Theater in Dayton, Ohio, The Neon, which I know friend of the pod, Chris File, mm. uh, once frequented as well. But uh, I my mom dropped me off on like a Saturday morning wow. at like 10 o'clock. I love it. Dropped uh. me off for the queen. And I, I don't think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, and I've mentioned so many of the posters I've had in my rooms over the years. I had a big-ass poster from the queen hanging in my high school bedroom. Oh, God. <laughs> there's, there's a deer in the, the queen. Machine? There's definitely a deer oh. in the queen. Oh, is there a It deer might be in the, the cinematic deer I think of it's deers. the original... It, it's like the, you know, the, the geo... The, the, the go, the G-O-A-H, the greatest mm-hmm. of all hopes. I, when I went to see the queen... Uh, an old lady uh, passed out during the deer scene. Because she was so moved by the transference. She was, just, she was just so moved that she fainted. And I remember being annoyed <laughs> because they weren't, like, pausing the film. Uh-oh. Speaking of pausing the film, the DCP of the wife Did And <gasps> speaking of senior citizens at the wife, well, do you want to keep talking about that? Well, no, the old lady passed out at the Queen. She was fine. She's fine. She's probably dead now. I don't know. Okay, I don't like that. We're cutting that out. <laughs> I don't care for that. Sorry. <laughs> okay, uh, make a cut at 33. <laughs> we don't have to cut it. First Amendment rights, honey. Um, no, I have... Did you have a fun old lady at your I wife? Went, I went viewing? to the brand new branch of the Limley Theatres mm. in Los Angeles. Glendale. I went to the Glendale branch. How is it? Interesting. It is the ground floor of what will be a loft complex right. above. So you could... I have no desire to move into a loft in downtown Glendale. <laughs> but if I did... I would love to live above the Limley Theater. So oh, this yeah. is very much a shotgun style theater. It's not as expansive as it doesn't have the lobby space that most of the Limleys have, not to get too regional, but in Pasadena there's that very long uh, lobby that has yeah. artwork hanging up mm-hmm. and screens that are like TV screens that are flashing all the titles that are gonna be playing in a very large concession stand. Yeah. This you walk in, you're already at the concession stand, mm-hmm. um, which does sell beer and wine nice. and, and pretty good food options. Um, and then it's just this this long hallway of six theaters that go back. Anyway, so I highly recommend going to the Limley Glendale. It's a That's fucking kind of like Limley. the Royal. I it's, mean, not eh, quite. But it, it doesn't have the. It's so much more industrial feeling than that because the building is brand new. I like the Monica. It smells yeah. like the, the Monica is very industrial. I see. I've never been to the Monica. Ooh, the Monica is like. Uh, well, I had gone, like too, I went to too sanitary. Oh, here's something. Yeah, it's weird. Again, not to get too regional, but I went to the original Limley Santa Monica before they knocked it down, or I assume they knocked it down and rebuilt this the Monica fourplex or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I saw the Nicole Holoff Center film uh, Enough Said there <gasps> with my recently divorced mother and my sister, and 
I don't know if any of y'all know this, but in Enough Said, the scene where Julia and James go to the movie theater, that is filmed in the old Lindley Monica. So we were all sitting in the theater that was on screen. That's cute. It was cute. That's fun. It was cute. One of my favorite movie-going experiences with my recently divorced mom watching the movie about, you know, divorced middle-aged people. I love that. That is beautiful. Let's talk about this movie. Yes. The wife. Anyway, I had an experience with a senior. I tweeted about it. That's all. Okay, yes. Let's talk about the wife. (laughs) Oh, I didn't see the twit. Wow. I was mistaken as an usher by this woman who looked like um, Francis Conroy in American Horror Story Coven. Like the the big frizzy head of red hair. (laughs) And I'm wearing a Casey Musgraves tank top with a fucking rainbow on the front and like (laughs) slutty ass shorts. Just like... And so I'm just like shambling in. She's and she like turns to her friend. He's like, "Is that the usher?" Because yeah, I held open the door this, for this them. Bagging in shorts. Yeah. Is that the usher? Anyway, wow. um, yes, we should talk I about. Wa- the I want to quickly tell my quick thing. Um, at the end of the movie, the credits rolled, and this this woman who was loud from the from the start, she's quiet during the movie, but mm-hmm. loud like commenting on every trailer. Uh-huh. You know, one of these ladies. Um, and then at the end, the, the second the credits roll, she's like. Oh, what I heard was right. She's phenomenal, but the movie's really lacking, isn't it, Bob? <laughs> oh, my God. My, the best part's Bob. Bob. <laughs> it's really lacking. Brandon, you are just killing it with the Bonmos today. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, not Bonmos, but great anecdotes. Uh, all right. Anyway, she's she hits the nail so, on the head. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Where do we begin with this movie? <laughs> well, you start at the beginning. I'll there, be so I let's start at the very beginning. I walked start in the, the the very beginning, like this is a production of this. These people presented it. Type. Sony Pictures Classics. Yes, I missed the Sony Pictures Classics logo, but I and then I couldn't I like fumbled to my seat because it was still black and it was it was at the landmark and I think I tripped over someone's walker. <laughs> That's not a joke. I'm sorry I'm laughing. But I'm it, not laughing. <laughs> I am. Uh, <laughs> this was a, yes. Go ahead. Sorry. Thank you, Brandon, for laughing with me. I t- I'm telling you, I'm a little I'm a little too moralistic for the Glenn Close episode. It seems. <laughs> yeah. What's going on? We already have 80 cuts. We were talking about old people <laughs> at the people landmark at thursday at twelve fifteen at the landmark pico um have not been to that one. Oh no that's the real landmark that is the landmark isn't there an, uh, doesn't matter go ahead there's the regent and then there's the one in westwood too yeah that's the region not to go to regional not to go to regional mm-hmm. um yeah, and then diddy reese everybody the movie begins. you can get a pre-cheap cookie I love Diddy Reese. Diddy Reese is hot, hot, hot. I love bringing a date on it. Diddy Reese bringing I went on a, a date, date I went to on Diddy a, Reese. I went on a date to Diddy, Diddy yeah, Reese one time. It's fucking, Diddy Reese? It is a brand of cookie. <laughs> it is a, they, they'll do a cookie ice cream sandwich. And they do a cookie ice cream. Oh, it, and it's so. like two We're gonna, fucking let's, dollars. Sorry, I only know a protein cookie. Can we go oh after this? Two protein cookies? 30? Can we go tonight yeah, to Diddy Reese? Diddy Reese after this. It, I mean, it's too late. If you drive, I'd love to go to Diddy Reese. I'm not going to be Brandon, Brandon, two snickerdoodle protein cookies 32 grams of protein with a nice healthy scoop of french vanilla Ugh. in the middle do they actually use protein cookies no they do not have you ever been to a but gnc <laughs> nutrition my yeah. friend dragged me to a gnc I to have. pick up i don't know some energy drink 
Some like they have the biggest variety of protein cookies. Thirty thousand flavors. Brandon, I was thinking about you the other weekend. I was hiking Mount Baldy, the highest peak in Los Angeles County. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you so much. It's a bit of a ride. Oh, that reminds me. A bit of a ride of passage for SoCal hikers. <laughs> this is hilarious. <laughs> and I mean, it's not. I. Yes. Anyway, I in in fucking Ontario, California, where I was staying the night before. We went like shopping to get our snacks. It's a very long hike, Zero. And you have to have a lot of sustenance in your pack. And I found, you probably, I'm such a novice, you probably know all about this, but I found the peanut butter chocolate chip protein cookie. Oh, yeah. Holy fleas, Brandon. Holy motherfucking fleas. <laughs> quite good. I've never enjoyed a protein cookie more. It was so, I mean, you know when they're soft? They're soft. They're oh, moist. Yeah. For a nice vegan cookie with no egg, oh, baby, they're moist. Oh, wow. baby. Oh, baby. But the chocolate and the peanut butter, it kind of masked that artificial taste in the yeah. protein cookie, which I frankly like. I like the artificial yeah. taste. That's why I get the birthday one, because it emphasizes the artificiality. Lemon protein too. cookie, you can uh, Venmo us um, $32, Yeah, because that's how many grams of protein are in your cookie. By the way, speaking of people who can Venmo us, uh, $16. Um, I'd, not that long ago, I had a dinner, which was a protein cookie and an Anchor Steam beer. Thank you so much, wow. Anchor Steam beer, brewed with pride, protein cookies baked with pride. Protein. Uh, Anchor Steve's <laughs> dead to me. Good. 50 episodes in, not a penny. Not, yeah, not, not a one, wild not penny. one pence for my <laughs> shop. Oh, I can do two pence and okay, five pence. Wait, let me tell my hiking in, anecdote. In six months, <laughs> I might have 600 pounds. I could buy a shop. Janet McTeer, watch open that shop with the lady, Chris. <laughs> what? I don't know. What's your hiking story? I went to Trader Joe's today. <laughs> and the cashier's like, hi, how are you when I get there? And I'm just like, fine, how like, are you? Uh, <laughs> I say, just I, I literally like, just like, <laughs> grumble like, hi, how are you? Because I didn't want to talk to anyone. And he was, he literally like lit up that I asked, how are you? And he said, I, <laughs> I am feeling great. And I, <laughs> and I like didn't follow up, but he was like, I went on a hike the other day. <laughs> Where were you? Where was that? Trader Joe. <laughs> obviously. It was, it was, obviously. I feel so incredible. <laughs> just, and then he went on. I had to wait for my girlfriend to go on a vacation because she doesn't like hiking. I went up to the, the Lake Hollywood hike. That's and, not a very good hike. <laughs> Are you kidding? Okay, this guy doesn't. This guy is not at the trails very often. And I was dying inside <laughs> and I wanted to laugh. <laughs> I am feeling incredible. It was like, it was like I, from, and, and what's your name, Ben? In this moment, <laughs> we were invincible. It remind it truly reminds me of the moment in the pilot of Arrested Development when Job says, I'm having an incredible year. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> okay, I do want Did to talk about the Did you respond to him? I, I was just like, great. I'm glad. <laughs> I think I said I'm. I'm thrilled, thrilled for you. For you. <laughs> uh, Let's okay. talk about. So the wife, Glenn the wife. Close, jumps on the bed. <laughs> In the first five minutes. Yes, like after. I mean, after. after to be very yeah. real, after she's effectively. She's, she's not raped, but she is coerced into having sex that she does not want to have. Like, yeah. She, okay. she can. She consents, but she is. She's. In the middle of at two forty five a.m. Yeah, it, she's trying to slumber. It's it's completely indelicate the way it's handled. And but because it is trying to set up that as a metaphor for the relationship that 
she's trying to sleep in the middle of the night and her mm-hmm. husband who doesn't do it she's sleeping because she's been doing work all day probably he gets up and is like i want you to have sex with me and she's like can we just like can i just be in charge for once and go back to bed and he's like I'm, he's like, I'm just gonna like, I'm just gonna do it. I thought you were going to say that she had been raped metaphorically because she well, just won the Nobel Prize I mean, and didn't actually is, win the I Nobel mean, Prize. I wouldn't say she was raped metaphorically, but I'm saying it's so indelicately handled mm-hmm. as to use it as a metaphor, which I frankly find a little insulting to the character. Um, and anyway, that's all I was gonna Can say. Can we? Th- His name is Joe, and her name is Joan. <laughs> Max it's and Mary Max wishes. <laughs> I I can just imagine the screenwriter of this movie Doing like Antonio Banderas gif. Joe, I can name her Joan, and then yes, the Antonio Banderas mm. gif of just like it's Well, here's like, my confusion mm-hmm. is what went wrong from because Meg Wolitzer is like a pretty prolific and like acclaimed yeah. author who yes. wrote this book. Like where? Yeah, I haven't read it. So I where would, did it go wrong? I would, I would from blame, the script. The script. I would place some blame on the director. Who yeah. we'll talk about Max Iron, the Max Irons of it all, as it goes, <gasps> which is a pretty crucial. Oh, is that role. who that is? Yeah, the I was like, he looks so familiar. To call him Wooden would be like an insult to Home Depot. Like he is. <laughs> we'll talk about that. But the movie, especially the flashbacks. And to call them like shot like masterpiece theater would be an yeah. insult to masterpiece theater. Was none of it feels real. So ugly. And none yeah, of it the has whole any thing. M texture to Was it. Was Glenn like I loved the movie where your father puts me in the hospital in a coma to Max Irons, and that's why she wanted like I, had, I haven't seen her for some I had time. such a great experience being put in a coma by your your father. For which, which he way, won an Oscar. Is how Ben feels about watching Jeremy Irons <laughs> on his journey into night. He got Jeremy Irons put Ben Jesus, into a coma. I completely blocked that performance. He's out. good in it. No, he's not. Which he's one? He's, one? He's being a ham on purpose. He's being Long a bad actor on journey purpose. Journey into night. The play that we all Remember saw. We there. saw Leslie Manville. Oh, oh yeah. Oh Jeremy Irons in that. <sighs> Homophobe. I feel like I just saw a stage production. I feel like I just saw a vaudeville show. It was called Albert Knobs. Oh. Albert Knobs is just puttering Nobs. and scuttering about on stage. Nobs. So I am sure that. Okay, let's talk about Glenn Close's oh, yeah. eyes. Sorry. Let's just get to it. Ooh, oh, let's get those to it. Eyes, let's, baby. She is able to telegraph pain without doing fucking anything mm-hmm. better than almost anyone else. Maybe not literally anyone else, yeah. but. Pretty much. I, I love Betty Davis, but I think we got to start using Glenn Close eyes. Mm. And then we can also talk about Daniel Kaluuya eyes. But Jermaine, to this conversation, you got Glenn Close eyes. I completely agree. It is a slow burn performance in that you don't even realize that the house is on fire until the house is on fire. Yeah. It's just like synecdoche. Just like synecdoche. Although, you yeah. know, the, it's house, on, but yeah. the house is on fire. She's doing such subtle shifts in her characterization from mm-hmm. when it starts to to you know the the big blowout at the end yeah and she's doing it all under your nose yeah and it reminds me a lot of the dangerous liaisons performance in a metaphorical way and that what i love so much about glenn and that is that she looks at people with just the utmost sincerity and tells them i will do whatever it takes to help you out you're such a wonderful person yeah. and it's a joy a joy to spend time with you and then almost while they're still making eye contact with her she just like pouts her lip and rolls her eyes and's like god yeah. damn this motherfucker yeah and <clears throat> excuse me 
in a way, that's the performance of the wife. Yeah. Like she is she is telegraphing not not just like a lifetime of pent up frustration and a lack of due credit. Mm-hmm. You're watching her fight against herself and you don't realize it until later. Right. And it is sort of going back like in the big chill when you realize after that striking moment of her sobbing in the shower recontextualizes everything that happens. And you get that in the wife, but you don't even realize it's happening while you're watching. Something. I feel like I'm going to fumble articulating this because but it's like a long held belief of mine that um, a lot of times in movies when people are having conversations, they're playing the emotion that the audience is supposed to feel and not the emotion that the character feels you were gonna in the up. moment. And it bothers me. Like, n- almost nothing bothers me more in acting when it's like, you know the character doesn't actually feel the way that their dialogue is being... It's like... And, like, the other character, if if this were real life and the person opposite you was have was expressing the emotion that they're expressing in this movie you would not in the wife i mean but in the in a i think this is true to the wife oh no but i mean a lesser performance if in the hands of a lesser performance they would like there's no way that the other person wouldn't know that they're lying to you does that make sense yes 100 percent. and glenn close is able to in every movie that she's in she's able to give a performance that the other person will believe that she's telling the truth, but the audience knows that she's not telling the truth. That thing, n- almost, I don't think anyone else in the past 40 years of American film can do it as well as she Glenn can. Close gives nothing away for free. Yes. And this is a really important component to her as, uh, as an actor, as an artist, I think. And she demands your attention. There is something so captivating about the ways in which she plays a scene, which to Ben's point, she is never going external. She is never shaking you and shaking you by the, by the shoulders and saying, I'm feeling regret right now. I'm feeling hurt right now. She makes these beguiling little, you know, I don't even, I, to say gesture is yeah. too broad. It's just these, she's like, the performances are almost built on microaggressions against herself, like against her own soul. And she just invokes such a curiosity in me anyway She's giving you a fully formed characterization without giving away any of her motives. And in that way, she's a very simmering performer. And I will later contrast this with Meryl Streep as a performer who does the exact opposite in a way that is, I would think, I think Meryl's a better actress than Glenn Close. So it works a little bit better for me. But Glenn... Glenn forces you to take the journey inside of her, Mm -hmm. whereas Meryl is doing drag, to use your words, and is is gesticulating so wildly that you can't help it. You can't, you know, you can't miss the performance. And I think the wife is a good example. But even Meryl's earlier work, like pre-drag, it's so emotive. That's a better way of saying it. Because I I realize I'm like accidentally, no pun intended, dragging Meryl. It is so emotive. And, And Glenn, all of her performances, they're not, they don't all have the same sort of crescendo arc to them. But there is... There is so much withholding while still giving you an idea of who this character is, and it does build up. There's some moments in each of these movies um, where she does let you in for a second, and then that colors the rest of the work. I mean, Dangerous Liaisons is a great example of that, and we can talk about that later. Um, and I think I'll just talk about it now, what I was going to say about Meryl. Albert Nobbs is Glenn Close trying to Nobbs. do that external 
gesticulation. This is yes. Glenn Close trying to do Meryl, and it's not a very good performance in Albert Knobs. Yeah. And I think that part of the reason why is because she's betraying her best instincts as an actor. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I hesitate to speak with any authority on her because she is one of the greats in my opinion. But it also just feels so unnatural to see Glenn Close doing that type of acting. Yeah. Um, because it's just not what we love her for. And even in Fatal Attraction, that's a performance built on secrets that has a lot of bursts of energy as it goes on, but they seem to be in contrast with one another. Yeah. Like she doesn't, she doesn't lay out a completely uh, linear roadmap for these characters. She's, she's a lot of pain in Fatal Attraction. That's what's so compelling about the performance. And that's why I'm on Alex Forrest's side throughout the entire film. Even when she kidnaps the kid Mm -hmm. and boils the bunny, I am thinking about what has led her up to this moment. And, and and how Michael Douglas has broken her trust. Yeah, yeah. It's such a shame that it. Did ends any of that make sense? Way. Yeah. Okay. It's such a shame it ends the way it ends. Such knobs. <laughs> oh, the wife. You mean the career? No. <laughs> <Glenn> Close <laughs> ending with Albert Knob. But if she no, 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 if the she wins an Oscar for the wife, about. then the career is back. The career is back. Well, if she wins for the wife, yeah, I'm sort of um, disappointed in us on the 50th episode mm-hmm. we're not thinking about this and it was Matt or Spammer who brought this up to me he was saying that Damages is her best performance and you know we're talking about oh. Glenn in the context of her Oscar nomination she's an Emmy winner she was on yeah. I don't know like four or five seasons of Damages and yeah. it's one of the she's incredible it's in one Damages. of the it's yeah. one of the David Chase the creator of the Sopranos it's one of the archetypical anti-heroes that represent that era in television. Yeah, um, yeah I've never watched it. I've, I've never always wanted to. And Rose Byrne. I've read about it, and uh, I think it was Rose Byrne's start. Yeah, yeah. Um, I watched the first and second season. It's. I mean, I'm sure she's great in it. They're I both just... incredible. Because you know, you look at the Oscar nominations. She gets what is it? She gets five within a six-year period, or yeah, within a six-year period, and then yeah. it's nothing. That's 1989, and then jumped to Albert Knobs. Yeah, but it's not as if she. I mean, I. I tend to think that there is a um, with Glenn Close. Well, I don't. That's a whole other argument or a whole other conversation we have to get into. But there, there might be this assumption that the, just like the roles weren't there. Yeah. But Glenn Close is such a big star. She's got her name above the title on 101 Dalmatians, yeah. which is of course. Oh, I'm so sorry. She didn't you know she was nominated in the 90s for 101 right. Dalmatians. I'm so <laughs> yeah. sorry. Yeah. But, but Glenn Close was a big star. But she also was getting great work on television. She's. However, I'm sorry. She has an amazing. I, I'm not, I can't be coherent. Episode. Because, she has an amazing part on Will and Grace mm. as a photographer who's really? a lesbian, and she's photographing, photographing. Yeah, she's photographing um, Grace, and she's hitting on her. It's a, it's, it's like right after Will and Grace jumped the shark and was doing guest stars every episode, but it's great. Um, I will say, as perhaps a jumping back in point, okay. I, I feel like I have. I want to keep talking about the wife. I feel like I have so much to talk about the wife. But I am so, and I'm just gonna get a little, get a little earnest, get a little schmaltzy. I, it's been a little bit since the three of us have been at the table here, and I'm just so excited to talk about whatever. And it just, you know, 50 episodes in, and I'm just so, I'm, I'm glad that people listen to it for a lot of reasons. But one is that I just get to hang out with you two every week. Who would have thought? I look forward to it every single week. People would have listened to us. Faggot (laughs) stuff. I know, right? A year almost. I know as well. Almost a year. I had some. I had an approacher in Toronto. Of I listened to your podcast, and I was so moved. I was That's, like, "Oh my god, 
If this is going in, do you his name was Sean. Yeah, I was going to say you should name. He was very nice. We had a nice chat. He was a volunteer at Tiffany. Had to tell everyone the High Life press screening has been moved from ten thirty to eleven forty-five. I'm sorry, you're here at nine forty-five. And then, and he said it to me, and I was like, "No, yeah, I was just getting here this early <laughs> for eleven forty-five. Yes, you were like, I know. I'm fully aware. Thank you. Jumping back into the wife. The wife. Whiff. The, the house whiff. Maybe if you were a wife, it should have been called huswiffery in like old English type. That is the original word. What is it? Swiffery. Huswiffery. Is that which, where wife comes from? Which has yeah, and housewife. Oh, huswiffery. Huswiffery. It's the old English. It's in like the Canterbury Tales. We used to joke about it when we were huswiffery AP literature. Oh yeah, and we had lots of jokes about. The old English. We really enjoyed the word huswiffery. We read we read <laughs> the, the, the first huswiffery. epic poem, The Fairy Queen, in, in my mm-hmm. AP literature mm-hmm. class. And I mostly spent the whole time being like, are they talking about me? Every single time they talk about <laughs> oh. the fairy queen, I'm like, yikes, I've, been, I've been had. Albert Nubbs, I've been had. That's not the Albert Boy Nubbs erased. <laughs> Seriously. Oop. My favorite part of the Boy Erased trailer is when he's on a jog and he sees like the poster of like hot men like an Shut underwear up. or whatever and he like puts his hand on it emotionally what oh, have you I not have, watched the trailer no, i haven't I've watched it, exactly it. once mm. i don't watch trailers i just wait for mm. them to be on the big screen okay, so here's a here's a question to get back into the wife what is the moment for each of you where the movie lost you or where you realized that you were not watching a good movie that's a good question. It when came it faded in. <laughs> oh, that's very nice. Um, honestly, it was at the um, cause isn't it like a cold open? Then you get the title, and then the yeah. movie but keeps going. The, the, right before the right before the title is when Glenn and Jonathan Price, who is almost very good in this movie, it's almost weird. it's a weird good. performance. It's. Uh, I mean, the I, movie's doing him zero favors, but he's also right. not very I think strong. He's I making think, choices. I just think that they some of them weren't reined in. I think but, he should like be attempting to play it in a way where he doesn't come off as the villain. That it should like try. He should be attempting to play it less. I, I think it starts. Villainy. I think yeah. it starts out that way. I mean, I think that he's a bit of a blowhard. Yeah. He obviously has fairly toxic toxically masculine mm-hmm. qualities in the way that he sucks up all the oxygen in a room and it's like you know they say I'm one of the greatest novelists of my day and I mm-hmm. do have to say I am but, but it's it, it's in this like august professorial like so like like hard academia where yeah. you think okay maybe you can talk about yourself in this light oh I know okay when it lost you I know too it was the you first go first flashback yes I was gonna say the same thing um, it's the first flashback I was also gonna say the first flashback it's, the flashbacks they're, they're meeting, lost they're me. In the, in when, she, when he's read her short stories. Yeah, all the flashbacks are terrible. It's just so obvious. It's so pointless. And I'm just... Remove oh, them. You know how... And Go just also that in the present day stuff, we're repeating the same emotional yes, exactly yes. half an hour. Exactly. Yeah. And, this is, and, and that could be okay if to invoke the sixth sense again. This is a movie where once the twist is revealed... Not like in the sixth sense. I don't need to see scenes again and realize mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, there was no one sitting across from Olivia Williams at that right. dinner. But the movie, what I what I really can't stand about this movie having these repetitive beats 
is that there is no secret, there is no magic eye quality to it. Right. There is no secret sub story. Mm -hmm. And this is what I hate so much about the quote unquote twist of the movie and that Glenn Close wrote all the novels. There's nothing that communicates that in the writing or in Jonathan. Well, it's more in the writing. Like I, I understand that she, 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 she has been taken advantage of for so long yeah. that it, that it's routine and they just don't talk about it. But I don't buy that when he gets the Nobel, there's not even some comment made where he thanks her. Right. And therefore they the jump v- on the bed. Right. To sell it. And he goes, I won the Nobel. I won the Nobel. That actually might've been when the movie lost me <laughs> before the title. <laughs> the jumping on the bed. It's a jarring cut. It almost there- lost me, but I was like, oh, it's man, a jarring cut. Okay. But, I mean, this is where it leans a little too much into the of it all yeah. with him as a villain. <laughs> I can't even bring myself to do the, the you know, the, the whole thing, the full jowl shake. I, I just like a, a, the casual. It's like a bit of a burr. The burr of like it all. Bad, uh, you know but what I, yes, go. Let me just finish my yeah, point because yeah, yeah. I haven't made my point. <laughs> I basically made my point. It's that there's just no nuance to the villainy of the character on the yeah. page. Yeah. And it's not just at the expense of that character being more fully fleshed out. It's to the detriment of the Joan character because there's just, I've said what I need to say. It, it, it ends up being a less than compelling mystery because there is no fucking mystery. Right. It's pretty obvious from the start. And it's like, well, no, what I'm saying it like, we know it because that's the way that it's been advertised. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's fully ad like the trailer is fully like she wrote the book. Yeah, but the flash right. the flashbacks I think are where you get in the present the, day, there are just really apart from being like, I really need to thank my wife more than anyone else, mm-hmm. there's not enough and I don't want it ham fisted with its telegraphing, but there's just not anything in the present day that signals that there's a more complicated dynamic going on here. Mm-hmm. It just reads as a, a marriage where She's the one picking up the prescriptions and she's the one making dinner and she's the one waking everybody up. It's in the flashbacks where we get all of the subtext as text. Right. And it is just so hot and cold to me. And and, and there, there should be a more brackish space in this movie and there isn't. And and that to me, it's like, have you ever like had sushi for lunch and then had a cup of hot coffee afterwards? Ew. It does not sit well on your stomach. No. And that's what the wife feels like to me with the flashbacks and the present oh, day stuff. Oh, God. Yeah, and it's like Elizabeth McGovern. like Who is great. Don't write. <laughs> you know, just don't do it. You'll Crap. never get into the boys club. <laughs> I, I, to me, this is Elizabeth McGovern auditioning for the second season of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel to play Mrs. Maisel. <laughs> Mm-hmm. She wants. They're gonna. They're they gonna crown. Recast. They're gonna crown. They're gonna crown it. Yeah. They're Rachel Brosnahan, Claire Foy's out. Rachel Brosnahan, you're out of here. Olivia Coleman, McGovern, you're in. I love that. <laughs> um, I can just see her doing that voice on stage, doing stand up. God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know who I quite enjoyed in this in this picture? Yeah, Max Woods. No, Max Irons. No, what? Christian Slater, who like, I wanted to seduce Max Irons. Oh, I, I wanted them to have a fuck. Okay, did we? Okay, all, so we you all thought that the too? We got, no, no, no. Well, yes, I oh, did. I, didn't. I mean, but, Christian Slater's playing gay. Did, okay, so this oh, is this is a, I didn't know. that was my read. This is exam. This is an example where the movie doesn't know where to place its camera or where to pull focus. Mm-hmm. By the way, Ben, there is a shot in this movie where Glenn Close is out of focus in yeah. the front of the frame. It's so ugly. Go back to our Florida project. Episode. I remember it's that. The 50th episode, we can explicitly recommend you listen to other ones, and that's where we learn yeah, this. The this issue is very much when when 
you want to be looking at the thing that's out of focus. And when when do you not want to look at Glenn Close when she's well, in here's the frame? The thing. It's just such a bad idea. The conceit is flawed because what they're trying what they're trying to say is isn't like, she in focus and then it rack focuses I think to the back. out no, of no, focus. No, I yes. Like, oh, I thought it was the other way around, but either way, no, no, no. It goes it goes from in focus to out, out of focus, focus, and it's so bizarre. But what it's trying to communicate is that she so often is. You know, yeah. blurred out of the picture. Mm-hmm. But it's she's in the front of the frame. Stupid. It's her story. She's in the front of the front of the frame. But she is a ra- she is a she's boy know, erased. She's boy erased. She's wife erased. She's wife erased. <laughs> wife erased. And then we ra- and then we wrecked to her husband. In the name should have been the name of the movie. It's wife erased. But I just I just pictured the poster in an actual eraser, like erasing. <laughs> Like closest like, portrait, like a, like a clip it type eraser. <laughs> yes, so the pink ass what eraser. What I was going to say is, going back to the the homosexuality of it all. Is so it, you read him as gay, Max Irons? No, well, Christian Chris, Christian Slater. Christian Slater read gay to me in the same way that Robert Downey Jr. in Wonder Boys is gay. It's a similar vibe I've to never me. Seen that. Wonder Boys is fucking either. great. When Curtis Hansen passed away, um, is that Stephen Frears? No, that's Curtis Hansen. Oh. And everyone was talking that. about LA Confidential, which is of course a one, uh, you know a really great movie. Um, and people were talking about his earlier Hitchcockian uh, genre plays. Mm-hmm. Didn't see those. And there was talk about Wonder Boys, but Wonder Boys is really one of my very favorite movies. And I'm realizing it's not on my favorite movies list on Letterboxd. Wow. I have to change that. What wow. I'm trying to get change at, it right now. What I'm trying to get at when they're at the bar, when like when when Glenn goes to bed and Christian Slater talks to Max. Mm-hmm. Did we notice the faggot? In the background, talking to this woman, he's trim. He's got wrist. He's smoking a cigarette. Oh, no. And yes, he, yes, yes. I knew you would. Bring I him. And I always him. notice. You the always notice the background. Yeah. You notice him in Mission Impossible. I did. Yes. I always. I, notice. Well, think of a. Fun, I just wow. noticed. Well, I noticed him as really. just being. He's being so extra y because he acknowledges well, he Glenn thing. Close as they exit. And just, I'm like. You're an extra. You're not supposed to acknowledge. He ends up being a really extra extra. And yes. And speaks to the poor direction of the film, both in that they didn't rein that in, yeah. and that he gets focus in the damn frame. Oh. You can, like, see and, him and, and crystal not, not clear. Just literal, not, just, not just literal crystal clear focus. He's prominent in the shot. And so it's I th- so, so weird. When he, and, he and Max Irons, like, I don't know if they share looks, but one of them sees <laughs> the other. And I thought this was about to get hot. Yeah. I thought he was going to become a character because yeah, it didn't happen. But he's a fucking extra. He's just framed he's a very and horribly. Extra, extra. Very extra, extra. But the scene with very homo Lee extra. Chang Dong should have directed this movie. Ooh. After seeing Burning and seeing how, I mean, poetry also talks. Poetry is so good. Is I about, can't wait to watch poetry. They're and both, Burning. in a way, poetry in a more subtle way. And Burning, like, quite literally, is about forcing narratives onto women. Um, Love to the point you made on your. Diary episode. Oh, thank you. Thank it was so you fun so to much. listen to the listen, like go to the movies IMO app on podcast and listen to something that you, you haven't have heard. No idea. <laughs> yes, what I'm going to say. Thrilling, <laughs> thrilling. Poetic Do a mini set every week. Wow. But going back to the Christian Slater of it all, who I don't know what the fuck he's doing. Like I like Christian Slater, but not I had because, fun with what he was doing. Not because he's a good actor yeah. ever. I mean, I believe he has turned in some good performances that I have heard about. Uh, those performances <laughs> that you read about. I don't know that I've seen a movie where I'm like Christian Slater. Well, just like sometimes you're in the mood to get slimed, you know? Sure. Sometimes you want to like go back to your... He's very short, short. Love him in Mr. Robot starring future Academy Award winner Rami Malek. God damn it. I will go on a gold derby rant eventually, but today is not that day. Yeah. Ryan Gosling is going to win best one. You think? 
Cradley Booper is going to I mean, it's going to be Bradley Cooper. <laughs> Cradley Booper. <laughs> Haven't you guys heard that before? No. That's my favorite. Booper. Cradley Booper. American the big, auteur. The big Booper. My favorite. My favorite. American auteur. My favorite. Cradley Booper. My favorite American artist from the 50s, 60s. The big Cradley Booper. I think that Cradley's going to win. But why am I going? Oh. Uh, Sorry. The I Christian Slater of it all. Uh, the scene. Bet- I mean. The scene in the bar with Glenn and Christian. One of my favorite scenes. Is maybe the best. And it's not the best scene in the movie. It's I mean, the best. It's fun. Cinematically. Yes. Mm-hmm. With the cutting to the him, the husband, Jonathan Price, with the, the photographer. Yeah, but let's not That's be like, too generous. I it's know. because there's cross-cutting. There, yeah, there's I, some <laughs> technique employed. Yeah, but that's is, still. It's the, not Black Klansman. It is still the most interesting part of the movie, yeah. cinematically. But talking <laughs> talking about Glenn's eyes and talking about this slow burn quality of the performance. Oh, she's and, so and that good. She's communicating. She's, she is. It helps. I mean, it's a, actually kind of a great. I was going to say brilliant, but come on now. Come on now, Daniel. Um, the fact that she is. As a dramatic conceit, it's compelling. She is having to lie to him while we, the audience, see that this is the moment that she has been told by another human for the first time that isn't her husband. You wrote all these. Yeah. And you are the talent. Mm -hmm. So so she is getting what she's always wanted, but without feeling... like It's not a moment of thank you to the Christian Slater character. She owes him nothing. Right. He's a slime ball. That's how he's figured all of this out. But so she's having to hide from him the truth of it. She's having to, I, I don't even want to say like taking the compliments because I think that gives the Christian Slater character too much, but she's getting a validation mm-hmm. that she's always struggled to give to herself. Yeah. And she's playing both of these emotions at the same time and they're both yes. very complex. And it sums up what I alluded to at the beginning, which maybe I'll talk more about later, but I'm not feeling articulate today. It is the private and public position playing out at the same time. Yeah. And it's one of her best scenes in the movie, even more yeah. than the fireworks. Yeah, I think so. Yes, so it is. She's because she is so much better at the repression of emotion than yeah. she is. Because something in that scene, something triggers, and then the next scene is her starting the blow up. Well, I just think that she understands to the husband. Yeah, I yeah that that that's the and that's she's the like right. picking up his her. clothes and like stomping mm-hmm. around, and then when she throws the books. Uh, although, although I would say I agree with you, but I also think that maybe accidentally gives Christian Slater a little that character a little too much credit. It because that's also the day she decides she's not hanging out with husband. Yeah, she's right. already no, gone. no, no. Already I don't. Her, her, I'm not saying that that's what you're saying. I'm, I'm just thinking maybe we should back it up a little bit further because something. I wish I remember the movie better. But, but it does. Oh, you're right. You know that whole day thing I like on a writing level. The only moment that I like on a writing level is, I think it's when they're on their way to the ceremony in the car. Mm-hmm. It's they have just talked about I think it's Max Irons has just accused her of writing. First of all, okay. I have two points to make. Number one, that Max Irons says point blank, I've been worshipping at the altar of the wrong parent. That is fucking wild that that is in this movie. I want to slam my forehead into the microphone but it will not create oral pleasure. And then, in that the thing that I like is that in the next scene all Jonathan Price says is we are not bad people. Which I think is very... It's the fucking bloodline tagline. Mm-hmm. Is that true? It's not the tagline, <laughs> but it, it's this repeated this refrain. The moral of... Where Kyle Chandler's like, we're not bad people. Mm. 
God, I I'd like to do a blo- I'd like to do a bloodline episode. Ew, I'll cancel. I'd like to do a bloodline I'll leave. episode. Well, it, it t- <laughs> me exiting the bloodline episode. <laughs> it ties into a shadow theme throughout all of our episodes, which is that my father and I have an interesting relationship, <laughs> and lo- love. I mean, truly loved my dad. But Bloodline is a show that I watched with my dad, and so I will always have such a special place in my heart for we it. We can do it for the sissy episode. How about oh, that? Oh, my parents. Oh, parents love oh. Bloodline. You know what else they love? Ozark. Yes, they do. Yeah. And Narcos. My parents love Narcos. All of America Sons and of, beyond Sons loves of, Narcos. Sons of it's on its 10,000th season. <laughs> Jesus, these Netflix shows. Sons of Anarchy has a spinoff now. Yes, it, it is. is. Good for good for Kurt good for Sutter. Kurt. Good for Kurt. Good for Kurt. Good for Kurt. By the way, I, I, I'm realizing, and this is such a, I'm, I'm shoehorning it in, which is almost a clever thing to say given where I'm going with this. But Glenn Close is sort of doing the Jean Dealman of it all when it comes I mean, to her performance style. It, it, oh it, yes. it is it is observing routine. It is observing ticks, and it is observing slight variations in them, and in, in the routine, not the tick. And then it builds up to this explosive finale, Not, and I don't mean the, the the knifing of it all. I I said what I needed to say. We got we I got I got the I got the forty ninth John Dillman reference in. Mm. Can, can we move on to you the movies to... to the other Glenn Close movies because I'm I'm getting tired. I think we're done talking about the way. On to the next picture. On to the next picture. Do you want to talk about the world according to Garp, which I haven't seen? Sure, watch? we can do it in chronological order. A so very we'll eclectic Garp, Big Jill, The Natural, Click on Fatal <laughs> Attraction, Hundred One Dalmatians, Knobs. Those are all the nominees. We'll end with the nominees. <laughs> Glenn Close. <laughs> we haven't even started six, talking about six Academy Awards nominations. <laughs> We're like twelve hours. <laughs> episode already okay so the world according to the card brandon you loved it so maybe you should say something. did i no i liked it quite a bit um <laughs> i love robin williams as I an just, actor i i, think, I don't know well, I think, I think, honestly having not seen this movie. he's like he's doing the wife he's like 50 years old playing a 17 year old <laughs> well i i think um and glenn is 52 also aging in this movie is iffy so speaking of movies with exactly iffy aging no um i think watching this movie i really missed robin williams um this is this came when he was still like big comedy this was yeah. his first like quote-unquote serious performance like right. the director um george roy hill Elf. the director of butch cassidy in the Sunday yeah Head. yeah and so the sting Correct. oh yeah yeah um he told uh robin williams like don't lean into the comedy because that was yeah. his tendency right is that right yeah but i do think that there's a bit of a martin scorsese jonah hill and wolf of wall street thing going on where I think that maybe could have reined in a little bit more of some of the broader moments in Garp. Yeah, like when 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 they're on the but it, when, when it is a comedy. It's a comedy. No, you're, it's a comedy. You know, you're right. I'm. There's just like it's whimsical. And, and I and I am a big fan of Robin Williams as an Welcome actor as to well. Marwin. <laughs> Future episode. It's whimsical. It is whimsical. It's. Well, it's, I was saying it's like this is such a classic Brandon movie in a lot of ways. It is. I think I I I fell victim to this movie of enjoying it more than I probably should have. <laughs> I fell victim because <laughs> the later the later chapters are a little bit like when John Lithgow shows up, you're like, oh okay, what's <laughs> going on? Uh, I like the first half of this movie a lot. Um, like his college stuff. When, when he's figuring out his writing and Glenn Close in the first act of the movie is just really, she blew me away. It really might be my favorite Glenn Close performance if I 
think about it hard enough. I think that sometimes, I think that, I think that we have to be careful about when we say that a movie that is about a male protagonist should actually, we, we should, this should be the story of a female character instead. I think that because that's an important point to make in a lot of movies, but in a movie like Garp, it's beside the point, it's based on a book about Garp. It's Garp's story. He's, it's sort of a picaresque, it's close to Forrest Gump, like he, he's on the sidelines of a lot of societal upheaval in America, and that's sort of the whole point. And so I don't want to be disingenuous, but I do have more curiosity about Glenn Close's character Absolutely. throughout the film. Because once yes. she sort of disappears halfway through, I mean, she's... For it's her movie for the She's first the lead. maybe fifteen yeah. twenty minutes, um, and it could be twenty minutes. It's a long movie, and then she is the co lead for a while, and mm-hmm. then she firmly becomes supporting as Garp marries Helen, and it moves on to that. Right. Um, but I oh my god! And so and so I want to know the chomp of it all. <laughs> okay. The chomp of it all. See what is that? There, I hate that scene. <laughs> I hate that scene. Bad. Let's tell it's, you this it's, it's scene. A bit of, okay. <laughs> I was like, okay. So Helen is well, like. Let's be careful because, well, no one's going to watch this movie if you haven't seen it already. So oh my God. Spoil Spoilers. Away. Who gives a shit? I'm a, little, I'm a little too moralistic for the Glenn Close episode. No one cares about okay. spoilers for Welcome to Fart. What's this movie called? <laughs> it's called Welcome to Garp. <laughs> Well, okay. It's called Hoomst. Hoomst. Hoomst is Garply. Hoomst Garply. We are your friends. Okay, so <laughs> Helen, um, who's Garp's wife, um, played by Amy Adams. <laughs> <laughs> In Anne Hathaway's wig from Brokeback Mountain. Oh fuck yes. <laughs> So she's having like an on-off affair, trying to be off at this point with, with a, a student. with a student. She's a professor, and she can't stand the way this movie she's, frames she's, this. Yeah, it's really bad. It's rude to her. It's it really is. Rude it to is. Her. This movie is rude Garp, to its female Garp, characters. Garp is allowed to flirt with the babysitter in a way that expresses his own malaise around married life, and but, then the film the is very judgmental towards Helen having an affair. I yes. really can't stand yeah, it. Yeah, the, the, the gender politics, politics of this movie are... They're rough. Oh, not great. Um, but so they're in a car, and to get rid of this guy... She's she's like trying to get rid of him. Garp's on his way home with the kids. He does this thing where he like turns off the car and flies down the hill to get to the to, and they're to, in to his get to the driveway. Car. Yeah, and she's like, okay, if you if I allow you to, or if I I had two glasses of champagne, isn't that enough? But he like and then wants he's like, one more time, and she's like, is this about a physical relationship to you? Which if the character had more agency. Well, she wouldn't. She probably wouldn't have had the second glass of champagne. And I'm not judging the character for having it. It just doesn't feel natural to the character that we've been hanging out with for an hour at this yeah. point. But as soon as she hears that it's a, he, that he just wants a physical relationship, her marriage is on the line. Her husband has essentially walked out on her as a on a trial basis, mm-hmm. and she still agrees to blow him. I yeah. just don't believe it. Yeah, I don't believe oh. it either. The whole scene's horrible. So she blows him, and then. As that's happening, Garp's car collides with. So she bites his dick off, and it's not and, like it's a tragic moment. And the, one of their children dies, <gasps> and the way it's because shot, she's a the, exactly, exactly, the because child she's wouldn't a die. child dies because she strays from the marriage, and it is this Brandon. I think you're about to say. 
it's framed. It's shot so horrifically. It it's the it, end of four hundred blows. It's a it, it's a freeze <gasps> frame on the child. A, a, a zoom and then a freeze frame. And then on, it zooms. And then it dissolves. <laughs> you should see my face, Liz. <laughs> and then and then the gender politics get even more fucked up because so Glenn Close's character, Glenn is is Garp's mother. She is a she is a nurse. And she is, for the time, what you would call a radical feminist. I would just say, like, she's a woman who's in charge of her own fucking life. Um, she's a feminist, but she creates a seismic... Uh, I mean, she creates a tidal wave in the culture. She writes this memoir called Sexual Suspect. Um, it's actually really lovely the way that she and Garp become writers at the same time. Is, mm-hmm. it's, it's not a mother-son hobby, but they both are chasing their dreams in tandem. Also arrested development. Yeah. They're at the mother-son conference. At, at the Balboa Bay window with, magazine? Yes. Yeah. Back-to-back. Bust, Buster back. and Lucille back-to-back in matching white suits. Um, anyway. <laughs> Brandon uh, needs to watch Arrested Development. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> One day. Yeah, I mean, and now I wouldn't blame you if you had trouble. I mean, I couldn't watch the new season because of the Jason Bateman of it all. Just don't yeah. watch the new season. I mean, I know that that's not, but also just, like, creative. Well, let let me get it. Let me get it. So what I'm getting at here is that she publishes this book. She becomes a celebrity. She becomes an important political, socio-political figure. Um, and then she moves to her deceased parents' home, which is, I don't know, like Connecticut or something. But it's mm-hmm. this, it's this, you know, Victorian manse on the bay. Watch and, the undertow. Watch the undertow, Brandon. <laughs> um, Undertowed. Okay, but then he dies. Um, so anyway, she o- she opens up this house as basically. Aren't you sad you missed this film? I am. It becomes this this home. Sad I missed the deadly It becomes this communal living home for for women. It can be battered women. It can be trans women. It can be women who just want to. Oh my God! Ten fifteen. Yikes! Sorry, I, sorry. I don't mean to say I don't. It's, it's not like a it's not like a house for victims. It's basically yeah. her doors are open to any women that want to come. But a lot of. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of women who have experienced uh, violence in their lives show up. Um, but there is this character named what Annie James or Ellen James, Ellen James uh, who in the in the movie she's referred to. She's this young girl who was raped by her uncles, I believe, and then they cut out her tongue. Um, oh, yeah, it's not in the movie, but it's referred to. It's this important. Um, it's this important moment in the film, and there's a group of women at. Uh, at Glenn's home who refer mm-hmm. to themselves as Ellen Jameses, I think. The Ellen Jamesians. The Ellen Jamesians who have all cut out their own tongues as a matter of solidarity. Mm-hmm. And and it's a wild movie. So Garp decides to get on his fucking high horse about how these women have done the worst thing in the world and gets very condescending and mansplainy about it. And that's a whole separate conversation. Um, but it's not really one the three of us have any business thing, you know? And so... I wish I could cut out my tongue. This is all to say <laughs> Robin Ro- Robin Williams gets his jaw wired shut or like his tongue is all gnarled in the car accident so he can't speak for a while. And it's just this disgusting in my opinion like just disgusting wretched connection between the two like oh, I guess he just had to walk a mile in their shoes. But then he publishes this book, and it's it's just it get, it gets the movie like, gets a let's little talk, but you know, just like Joan Castleman, just like Joan Castleman, he's not able to express himself truly. And speaking of Joan, let's get back to the Glenn of it all, so we can keep moving forward here. But I'm okay. done with Garp. <laughs> Glenn's amazing. In it. Glenn is like I said, it might be my favorite performance of hers. It, she is wow. just so. I don't know, heartfelt and stern She's and just s- always so warm. 
and even yeah. in her bitchier roles, I yeah, mean, she's just always warm. And she's warm without reaching out and giving you a big enveloping hug. And that's mm-hmm. what I admire so yes. much about Glenn. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's an amazing performance. I think that must be why I like her because I relate. Well, we'll get to him. So big chill. Big, big chill. chill. Uh, Jeff f- Goldblum sweaters. I feel like I think Tom Berenger's so hot. Seven Mary Kay place since I watched this Jump movie because I watched I watched half of it on the plane to Toronto and then the other half like getting ready the next morning and I just feel like it has been seven. It's been eighty four years <laughs> since I watched. It's this been movie. twenty years since we read. U of M, Brandon. <gasps> what? Aren't they aren't they Wolverines? Oh my God! There's is a scene together? in. They watch the big game. The big game, and they're against MSU, and they're rooting for U of M. I was very triggered. No, I wasn't. I I like when Glenn Close allows her husband to fuck Mary Kay Place. That's very kind. So sweet. And And then the next morning. I think that's another reason why Glenn gets the Oscar nomination, is the way that she navigates that. Yeah. It's just such a... With empathy and grief. It's just such a weird moment of film history. (laughs) Yeah. That happens at all. Yeah. Because... Had artificial insemination not been invented? I don't think the like the switch had not come out yet. Like, have they not? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know. Did they not get a turkey baster? Like the switch. She has. They're to friends. Fuck. They're friends. They gotta fuck. I was weirded out when they started kissing. I was yes. like, that is that's that all intimate. That is very intimate. Putting mouths together. You don't need to do that. You just gotta put this in there. Don't need to kiss. Correct. I like the moment in the uh, big chill where. You know, Glenn has sort of let her hair down. She's had a wild night with, mm. with noted drug runner William Hurt, whose car mm. I relate a little bit too much to. Oh, uh, oh boy! But he's just—he's like his car needs some work, but he's like, yeah, I've got other stuff to worry about, and I'm like, I should probably get my backlight fixed. <laughs> but uh, she has kind of a wild night with William Hurt, and that morning she she chides Jeff Goldblum for sleeping in so late. She's like, some of us have been up all day. And then there's this nice moment. Mom on vacation. Six oh five. Six oh five. Get up. Shh, your cousin's sleeping. But there's that nice moment where she and Jeff are both the last ones to wake up, and and, and he, says, he says, "Are we the first ones up?" But meanwhile, they had already taken their shoes. Their shoes. See, I think I, I. It's a shame that we're running so long because I could talk about the big chill a lot because I really like Lawrence Kasdan as a filmmaker, I guess. But I will just say that I think that this film does the thing that every movie wishes they could do and every person who wants to write a movie wishes they, they could do is, oh no, it's just going to be a movie about me and all my friends hanging out. No, 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 no. There's not really going to be much of a plot. We're just going to be talking. It's just going to yeah. be a lot of talking and it's going to speak to the human condition and it's going to be really moving and very naturalistic and it all just ends up being a bunch of molasses drip navel gazing and this movie actually manages to build a, in my opinion, compelling emotional stakes or a compelling emotional structure to all of it that it lives in and therefore it can be a hangout movie I mean this is very link later in that way right um, it ends up every single character is fleshed out every single character has a very specific arc the way that they interweave with one another is perfectly plotted in my opinion and it ends up being extremely moving and, and it does something that every movie wants to do but not every not every movie you guys don't understand yes. I love a hangout movie yeah it's a hangout movie and hangout movies are hard to do can I have I have two qualms Let's hear it. Because I think this movie is good. and It's good. But I love everything that you said. I, and, I, and I agree with all of it. But with um, why do they it's have to... It's certainly one of the most influential movies of the past 40 years. Yeah. Yes. I mean, we're not, we're not going to waste time talking about the music. But yeah. it's sort of the... Oh, my God. 
every song after song. I was like, yeah, the, but, but they're perfectly placed too. Yes. It's not. It's, it's not, incredible. It's not a soundtrack that is reverse engineered to sell albums and right. then kind of grafted on these, you know, these big yeah. rock and roll hits grafted onto the movie. They're very moving in, in the way that the you can't always get what you want of it all it's, with the organ. Oh my transitioning gosh! Into yeah, the, the actual song with yeah. the procession. It's really beautiful. I don't like that they're everyone's coupled off at the end. Don't like that either. Same. And um, this is a uh, not it's as still about not as sexual coupling. Right. I, I agree. It's the edge of seventeen uh, problem. Not as nearly as big of a deal, but there's a tiny moment where it's meta. I love meta stuff, <laughs> but this when when he's like, well, it's just art. What does he say? He's just like, it's just art. Sometimes you just gotta let it wash over yes. you. Yes. It's like, yes. okay, we get it. It's a hangout movie, but it's more than a hangout movie. Okay, enough. Yeah, but it kind of invented, I don't want to say it invented it, because I'm sure but there's it other But it sort examples. of was it's the first big one. It's not as like in Crazy Rich Asians when the gay character's like, the book was better. Like, that's bad meta. In sure. Like, and in yes. Crazy Rich Asians, and all of Deadpool. About, but I don't like that moment. Yikes. I also, <laughs> yep, Ben? Oh, you just I was it. leaning into drink. Oh, wine. you were leaning in. It looked like you were leaning into make a point. I just, make a point. I also think that it's a pretty interesting snapshot of the Reagan era as pertains to whiteness and as pertains to privilege, and a lot of it comes out between the ke- Kevin- and these baby boomers. Yes. They're aging exactly. They're adults now. They're experiencing hardship for the first time. Hardship quote. Un- no, 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 I'm doing air. No, quotes. but it That's is all done with air quotes. I mean, it's. I don't think that Lawrence Kasdan actually thinks this is a great tragedy for these people. I think that baby boomers are so annoying <laughs> that that like we think about it. We think about who these people have become, yeah. which is very much a problem politically, socially, for a variety of reasons. We're running so long, can't get into all of that. Did you guys see the study that can't um, even finish someone, point? That's how long we're running. Someone <laughs> tweeted that people don't actually get more conservative as they age. It's just that poor people die before old people do. Um, rich people do. So the stud. So like polls. That's that's some Freakonomics right yeah. there. Oof. Oh, that's interesting. I've been thinking about it a lot since I saw this tweet. Oof. Anyway, yeah. continue. Oh no, I mean we should we should really move on. But I, I I do think that is the next movie Dangerous Liaisons. The next movie is since we're the natural. I like okay. the natural a lot. I've seen it before. It's, it's just a shame she like. wasn't nominated for it. I know it's think a shame, it. but she was nominated so not, for her pool of molasses. Yes, which we will get to. Uh, we're not going to talk about Fatal Attraction. We will obviously be ranking these nominations at the end. Fatal Attraction oh, is my number we one. We will. I wasn't prepared for that. Well, no, we're gonna we're gonna do it off the cuff. <laughs> Brandon, I'm, this is like this is a consol- You know, I'm, I'm, this is a consolation I'm giving you. I mean, this we're is- gonna talk about one of my top twenty movies of all time, basically. Oh yeah, that's next. Okay, anyway, let's talk about Fatal Dangerous. Attraction. Is one of my favorite movies, and I think that uh, Glenn Close gives one of the most. And this move, this word gets trotted around a lot, but really does give one of the most um, iconic performances yes. of all time. Also, don't like the ending of Garp um, with the assassinations of it all, and I don't like that the way that <laughs> there's several assassinations, and I don't like the way that George Roy Hill cuts to like the point of view of the shooter. Oh, wow. In that one scene? Oh, wow. <laughs> I think that's a complete betrayal of the subjection that's been going on through the movie. Yeah. The movie gets worse as it goes along. Yeah. Oh. It deflates. It, it, uh, it, it's, uh, it sounds like me in a relationship. I, I don't know where my brain was when I gave it four stars. It's not a four-star movie, oh. my, ladies I, and I, gentlemen. One of, my, one of my really good friends whose taste I really trust and who works at the Academy and is someone that I, I really look up to when it comes to his taste. He gave it four stars. I mean, I like it. It's probably like three and a half for me. Nice. It's good. It's good. But 
it has a lot of issues. Yeah. But I think a lot of the issues, I was giving it the benefit of the doubt because uh-huh. of when it came out. That yeah. that was a lot of it for me. I yeah, and and I was for a while too. I mean, the the airplane crashing into the house of it all is is a, there's these bursts of magical realism. There's also this idea like. The movie is playing with these universal ups and downs of life, very matter-of-factly. We're all born and we all die, and I like the way that it explores that with a bit of a with a bit of whimsy in its like when those two with, old with people a, are of talking talking out the themes of the wow. film very explicitly. Yeah, and like I welcome like to Marwin. <laughs> <laughs> which you know, your favorite movie of all time? Already, I haven't even seen it. My favorite movie. Of but time. but what the gender politics for me are when I was like, you know what? I actually don't. But what I was saying in the group chat. I take it back. It's still a four-star film not, for me. It's not just the politics of it. Mm-hmm. I don't like the way that it shifts focus filmically between some of these characters. And then when it cuts to the assassin's point of view, that's when I'm like, what are you yeah. What are you doing, George? Yeah, George! I'm going to watch it now just after hearing you guys talking about it. I'm, I am, even though I didn't watch I, it. It's a I'm curious gonna, it's a, And this thing. is a word that we like to make fun of. It is an interesting movie. It I mean, is. to chew on. The only Glenn Close Oscar nomination I haven't seen. You so should I see guess. it for her. If I, if she had been, And for John Lithgow. If she had been nominated for I'm The Natural, kidding. that would have been the only one that I had. It. But John Lithgow, I mean, that's a whole other conversation. Well, he calls that performance dreadful. He doesn't like it anymore. It's a little... Hammy, a little hammy. It's very hammy, um, and I. But I don't know how much of that I put at him. I think that the script saddles him with this, you know, ma- magical. It, he's trans he's doing what he can with yeah. it. I mean, I think John Lithgow has a lot of charisma as an actor, and I don't think that it's misplaced. But I I don't like the way that Roberta is supposed to float into every scene drop a wisdom bomb and then support all the cis characters. Like I, 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 yeah. And, and, and I don't like the, I really hate the way that the movie is working, uh, with, uh, with her relationship to her own gender. I just don't, movies got problems in that way. It's thorny, but it's, it's an interesting time capsule of a movie. When I went to the opening night of, you can't take it with you on Broadway, starring James Earl Jones and Rose Byrne. Hmm. I sat not far from Glenn Close and John Lithgow. They were together. We were there together. Oh my god, I love that. And that was the first time I was like, "Oh fuck, she's sh- so short." <laughs> like, tr- like truly, she's like, close to the ground. Like five two ish, probably. Whoa. I mean, I I saw it in the wife in the how short yeah. she was. Yeah, there's some laughs. Yeah. Could you hear John Lithgow being like, "Ha ha ha"? <laughs> Have you not seen? Can't take it with you. No. Oh. You should see the movie. Okay, I'll watch Academy it. Award winner for Best Picture. That's right. You can't take it with you. Okay. Really? 1938, starring Gene Arthur and Jimmy Stewart. All right. Benj- it's a good movie. Benjamin Linus Horn. Shall we talk Tell about us about your, your favorite, favorite movie film. Of all time? So what I Welcome love to Marwin. about Dangerous Liaisons is something that I, sh- I struggle with in my own life, which is this thing of the Glenn Close thing of like putting up artifice um, public versus private mm-hmm. and also just being a bitch because you want to um this is a big scorpio movie this is a real like the way that she's playing everybody and has a secret agenda underneath all of it mm-hmm. and it's to mask feelings of less than yeah oh oh honey <laughs> I, just, like, I really i love any movie that just opens with like 
preparing your body for the day. (laughs) (laughs) And ends by taking it off. And ends by taking off your body for the day. I don't, I just. Your mask. It's, yes. And I love the notion of the dresses. And I also mean dresses in relation to John Malkovich, just dressing. Mm -hmm. What is the fall dressing meme on the Twitter? I don't know. We don't have to talk about it. Oh, that only lasted like a day. I know. Where did that come from? Does I think someone know? just did it. Okay. All right. I don't think and it's from anything. By the way, something anything. I do like that Stephen Frears does is I mm-hmm. love the way that his camera hovers all over these costumes. Yes. it's Because it's a movie about artifice. It's a movie about costumes. I just costumes. think it's so... The costumes we put on to each other. Rich. And I think it's so... It's sumptuous and salacious. Yes. And it's... Can, can I ask you guys something, like, with no judgment? Is this a fun movie for you guys to yes. watch? Yes. I had the time of my fucking life. I believe... Yeah. I, mean, I like, cackled. I think it's, like, a really desperate, mean movie. Really? Well, yeah, it is. Fun. It's also delightfully fun. I said to Brandon... I mean, Valmont does some fairly unforgivable things that are not fun to watch, and I don't think that the movie fully takes him to task for them. Not that it's the film's job to be as moralistic as I am being... But there are some couple things he does to the Uma Thurman character, which are no, despicable. Yeah, I said aloud. absolutely despicable, and the movie doesn't seem to care much about it. And if that's the movie's position, that's fine. I would, but I just, I'm, I'm sounding like such a fucking Southern Baptist preacher over here. But like, you're not supposed to be. Just because it's I know, fun I know. doesn't mean that you're not supposed to think no, it's I, the right thing I know, to do. I know. We've talked a million times about stuff like this. I mean, it's the don't be thick in front of me all of it all. Like, it's there will be blood. He's a despicable character, but it's absolutely salacious and exciting to watch. I just don't. I think speaking of repetitive, I don't need to shit on this movie. I like it fine. I like it quite a bit. It's, I had so much fun watching every single thing John Malkovich was doing aside from the Uma Thurman of it all. But like he is so fun in this movie. He's such a fucking piece of shit. It's amazing. It revels in evil. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And it's a tough pill to swallow, but boy does it taste good. You don't have to agree with its worldview. I don't think it wants you to agree with it. No. No. To enjoy it on a fun level. But it totally... Valmont becomes a martyr at the end of it. I mean, the way that he bleeds out and is given... Oh, I disagree. He's given redemption. I disagree. I think he's given redemption. I didn't feel that. No, I absolutely think he does because he realizes that the life he's been leading, all of the deception, all of the people that he's hurt, none of it matters. No, I don't think that's true. Because he loved Michelle Pfeiffer. I do. I mean, the fact that they die on the exact same day, it is supposed to be this sort of star-crossed lovers of it all. No... And, and, and if he wasn't so caught up in trying to play these dastardly, sexually manipulative games, mm-hmm. if he could have just focused on what it means to connect with somebody, then he wouldn't be dead and he would be with the love of his life. I, and I just don't, I don't think it's quite as simplistic as I'm making it out to be. And I don't mean to say that it's fully redemptive, but I think he has, to keep my metaphor going, a come to Jesus moment at the end of the film where he does regret what he's done because he wants, he wishes that things had gone differently and that he had behaved differently so that he can be with Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm-hmm. But he knows that it's doomed. Anyway. I still disagree, but... That's fine. So how do you interpret his death scene then? Um, He's trying to give a final fuck you to Glenn Close. By That's giving, part of it. By giving the guy the letters. But, the, but he said, but he said, okay, but... Let me, and then I'm not going to interrupt you. He says two things. He says, I have two things to tell you. 
One is to run to Michelle Pfeiffer. I know she's dying, but I want her to know before she dies that I loved her and I regret the way this is played. And I want you to stick it to Glenn Close. It's both. I, don't, I just don't think you are supposed to, like, sympathize with that, like, even if he believes it. I think maybe it's to Malkovich's credit. That if you, you do. do. I mean, I'm not saying that I sympathize with him, but that it's generating any sort of... Um, because goodwill for I just the know that my feeling when he dies is like like ha ha fuck you yeah that and was like, my feeling too and like that is part of it no no that is part of it he says I have two things to tell you and he, he but even with the Michelle Pfeiffer of it all I don't like even if he does love her I don't give a fuck and but, I don't think you're supposed but to but I don't think he's just sticking it to Glenn to win the game mm-hmm. I think that that because that's the structure of the film that is it's obviously part of it. But I think that he's also punishing Glenn for ruining his one chance at happiness. It's both, I think. Well. In my, you know, right. this, is IMO. Mo- this is movies IMO. It's my, yeah. it's my personal opinion. It's my IMPO. Maybe give the movie three or four more watches and let me know. I don't know if I can. It truly pains me when the men or when everyone Stop. in the opera hall... Like sparks at oh yeah oh yeah. So what Glenn does in this movie? Yeah, right. Tell us. She really doesn't have a larger part than anyone else in this movie. Partly because it's like a true ensemble. Yes, but and she I, doesn't have any action to perform in the movie. She's just sitting and talking for all of it. But I I'm not sure if she was pregnant. But oh, but there is a reason actually. I, I believe. That Glenn has so little screen time. Something something happened, and I I regret even assuming it was a pregnancy. But I read it on IMDb. Does Glenn Close have children? Obviously, yeah, she's married to Don Gummer. Yeah, right. You're right. Yeah, but but there's a reason Glenn was not available, and I'm not saying they rewrote the script. Maybe she is just in the parlor scheming and, and pulling. Yeah, I've never seen strings. the play, but um, nor Milos Forman's Valmont. No. Yeah. By the way, Ben is dabbing beneath his eyes in a very Glenn Close and Davis <laughs> arms. Um, Sorry, I told you I wouldn't interrupt. Sorry. I just no. I just. She's just so wicked and deliciously so, even in and even with limited screen time, mm-hmm. deserves the Oscar this year. I agree. I mean, it's. Uh, I like the accused quite a bit. Or well, I like what Jodie Foster does in the accused. But she's gonna win quite for, a bit. But she's gonna yeah. win for a better performance. In in hindsight. Yes. I was thinking before I knew we were gonna go so long in this episode that we could like go through all the nominees every year and say mm. who we would have had win. Because, you know, there's some some stacked lineups and all yeah. the Glenn's uh, nominations. But anyway, Cher deserved oh, it. The year of fatal attraction. attraction. Even Sh- though I would probably Jody did not deserve it over dangerous liaisons. Meryl did deserve it over Albert Nobbs, but yes. did not deserve the win overall. Mm-hmm. I don't know who won the other ones offhand. It doesn't matter. Uh, trivia, Glenn Close was unavailable until midway through filming due to having just given birth to huh? her daughter. So right. You were right. Yeah. Um, but anyway. But it doesn't feel like Julia Louis-Dreyfus being shipped off to Paris in Seinfeld. No, it doesn't. Because she's pregnant. Or or holding a pillow yeah. over her tummy. Yeah. I think it's such a I think it's such a delicious <laughs> I love that move. And it is so soaked in sadness. But she's not defined on that. Yeah. 
she's defined on her wit. She's defined on her protective instincts. Um, Do you and, have the speech? Sorry. Uh, I love when she tells me with Thurman, with the proper precautions, you can do it whenever you want, with whomever you want. It's an empowering performance. It reminds me of Eyes Wide Shut when the old man tells Nicole Kidman, do you know why women got married in the old days? It was so that they could have sex with whoever they wanted because then they're not expected to be a virgin when they get married. Mm-hmm. Do you have the Glenn Close speech memorized? No, I don't, but I do. It is. Whoa. It is. Well, that's a different scene. I know. I was just quoting it. I'm a. It, it's that her performance of this monologue is truly shocking to me. Mm-hmm. It's just. I don't, when I was a girl. She, yeah, she talked about her entire life, and you see this woman come into full view just through the words and the way that she's saying the words and just it's something I love her lounge sorry I no please I never wanted sex I wanted power or whatever and she's, I wanted to read and I learned what I could get away with from fiction that's my favorite what I can get away with that's what I've also learned from fiction <laughs> is what I can get away with the shot of her on the Shay lounge with that smug ass look on uh, her face what precedes that because it's something delicious I don't remember it's exactly. something like scandalous and horrible and she's just like yes I really it's not a movie that I've seen like a thousand times but uh-huh. it, it is still one of my favorites I'm realizing now that something that marks all these performances of Glenn's including 101 Dalmatians is that she's playing women who have the burden of, of patriarchal expectations on them on how they have to behave, who they're going to be. And each of these characters is having their own sort of rebellion. Mm-hmm. And in Albert Nobbs, it's, you know, we've been shitting a lot on Albert Nobbs because it's not a very good movie. Nobbs. But it's quite, in Nobbs, Nobbs. in Nobbs, it's quite tragic. But there's an empowering quality to basically the rest of these performances and the way that they carve out their own space yeah. and and are flying in the face of expectations from uh, from a male-dominated society. I love, and I think I said already, in Dangerous Liaisons, just the way that she pretends to be her best friend, and then as soon as she looks away for a second, she's just like sticks out her tongue. She's like, ah, like mm-hmm. you're the worst. Yeah, I love it. it I mean, that mood. it's it's it, it's. It's skillful and like I said very earlier. Very good. Very good. Very good. Which is off screen, right? I can't remember, but like, I don't know, it's John Malkovich saying something horrible and she's like, very good. Very, very good. good. <laughs> you go do I love that. There's like a shot of her like at the top of the stairs like, and you'll come back to me when you've done the deed. <laughs> in writing. In writing. In writing. I wanted in writing. She's very soft spoken in this Cuts movie. Cuts to a tone Just like... <laughs> Yes. Hello. We haven't talked about Michelle um, Pfeiffer in this film. Academy Award nominee. Also, should have won for this movie. And Who beat her? Good question. I me. Don't, I think that's actually me? a bunch of leeches. I want to say that's actually Gina oh. Davis, and I don't want to take Gina Davis' Gina Ox- Davis. Oscar. Because um, oh. I think I've looked that up recently. <laughs> Shall we proceed to the next nomination, which is 101 Dalmatians? Yes! 101 yes! Dalmatians, her sixth Academy Award nomination. The first movie I ever saw uh, Glenn Close in. That's I, probably right for me, too. This so No, I actually fun. think I saw Sarah Plain and Tall. I saw Sarah Plain and Tall in school. Before 101 Dalmatians. No, that was me. Oh. I'm like, we're getting a, another throwback, a Ready Player no, One I'm knock on the door. Oh, it's just the upstairs. There's a favorite. new person upstairs okay. that is always... Yes. Always gay and always stomping. It always sounds like he's rearranging furniture every night. 
What's this faggot? What's that's he doing what, that's up what there? my grandmother used to say to um, my my uh, my dad and my uncle when they would just be like upstairs like late at night like mm-hmm. talking and hanging out but like being very quiet my grandma would just go upstairs like y'all moving furniture up there <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what i want to do get the broom the one that had the party a couple weeks what ago yes doing? the one who's uh was listening to show tunes and, yes. yes clearly coded as homosexual yeah we haven't met her yet but coded as homosexual i'm sorry i'm just we got to keep this chugging along should we keep talking about the dalmatians or um i really have nothing to say except the molasses scene is iconic it is iconic um i don't know she's i'll say what i said in the group chat earlier it's this is her devil wears prada nomination i love that yes absolutely it's like the same performance it's very she wants meryl streep wants i don't know what does she want? Nothing, because she's not puppies. the protagonist of the movie. But they both want nice clothes. Yeah. <laughs> they true. both want nice they clothes. They both want puppies. I... Give me those dogs. I don't give you puppies. <laughs> when she's Hashtag, negotiating with Jeff Daniels, I'll give you 500 pounds. I'll give you 30 pence from my shop. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about knobs. Okay, I remembered I wrote down some lines from knobs. Yes. Oh, but they're, but they're from the first five minutes because after Do that, dramatic I was like, I readings. Can't keep doing this. All right. <clears throat> this is this is when she's been told that Janet Matera's room with her and she's freaking out. Oh yeah. And she's like, you know, he can't stay here. My, it's not a very hospitable room. And she goes, my bed is full of lumps. <laughs> <laughs> But peaches are rotten. Move aside. My bed is full of lumps. And then, and then when she tries to sleep next to Janet McTeer, and then all of a sudden, like, looks like I okay. I swear to God, I don't. Okay, I'm not trying to like be crass in the moment. All of a sudden, so she she lays in bed next to Janet McTeer. She's trying very hard to go to sleep, and then all of a sudden, her face contorts in this way, and she and she's thrashing back and forth. And, and I swear to God, and really, this is not me trying to just get a cheap laugh from the two of you. In this moment, my first thought was, <laughs> did Janet McTeer fart in the bed? <laughs> because she I looks like... Gonna, I thought Albert you were going to say, like did Nob shit his pants? <laughs> well, it looks like Nob shit his pants, and it's and it looks like Nob smelled Janet McTeer's very masculine fart. And so so it's not. It's a I flea. Thought, there's so, a flea in her body. So bodice. there's a problem with that scene and the whole thing going on, because I... I'm a martyr for fleas. <laughs> I thought he was having a seizure. I couldn't figure out what was happening. And it took me until someone said the word fleas. Oh, no. It it was her saying, it was a flea. (laughs) I'm a martyr for fleas. And then later, and then later, later she says to Jenna McTeer, if it hasn't been for the flea you brought in. (laughs) (laughs) And then I don't know where this is from, but later, I guess she says an hour late. <laughs> An hour late. <laughs> I, let's see what else did I say. Oh, I also said we're not going to talk about this. But Aaron Taylor Johnson smacks the side of a pipe with a wrench, and it's fixed. <laughs> because this whole what mo- is Aaron Taylor Johnson this doing movie, in this movie? Albert Knobs is completely built on Deus Ex Machina and coincidence. That are, those are the propelling yeah. narrative devices. Yeah. He's got I this horrible snaggletooth, and he's just like changing his accent every five seconds, and he's just like. I don't know what he's doing. 
<laughs> I like when the movie's over. I like that's I like my, the movie's over. That's my favorite. Here's part. something that we I really and that song plays. Here's a, okay, so good good segue because something that we just have to at least mention is what is what makes you know we're having a lot of fun. We're having a but lot it's really of laughs. Quite sad. No, it's a sad movie. That's not where I'm going with this though. No. What's really sad? What we discussed. We, we were texting about this before you saw it, Ben. Albert Nobbs. I didn't know it was a rewatch Albert for you. Nob. Oh yeah, I've seen. I saw it in the. Fu- I'm Al- not a. F- Fucking asshole! I saw it when Glenn Close. I'm an asshole. (laughs) Was had buzz for an Oscar. Okay, but it's more than the buzz, and it was pre-built buzz, not in the way Amy Adams and Sharp Objects was always going to be her best performance. Not that people are even saying that, but that she was going to win an Emmy before it came out. Glenn Close was going to get the Oscar nomination, and the reason why, and this is where you know we're having some laughs here, we're having a good time, but it's very sad to me because Albert Knobs is Glenn Close's passion project. Let's not forget that the screenplay is co-written by yep. Glenn Close. Yep. Yep. The last song in the film is an original song written by Glenn Close. And the role of Albert Nobbs was played on stage in the 1980s by none other than <clears throat> Glenn Close. <laughs> Glenn Close has been trying to get Albert Nobbs on the silver screen for 30 years mm-hmm. nearly. This is the role Glenn Close feels she was I'm putting words in her mouth, but was born to play on some mm-hmm. level. This is the movie Glenn Close, and maybe because, you know, there's the jokes, Glenn Close is so thirsty for a fucking Oscar, maybe right. she thought this was the one. But this is a character that Glenn Close cares deeply about, and we can assume has been carrying around in her heart for 30 years. So by the time she makes this movie, she's it's like it's not like she's just going for broke for the hell of it. Mm-hmm. She's been waiting for decades to bring yeah. Albert Knobs to life. She studied Charlie Chaplin for this role. I mean... The tone of this thing, which like, I mean, if makes you, that if performance wanna, make a if, lot more sense if to you me. You want to talk about cold sushi and hot coffee? The <laughs> tones in this movie that like it's going for farce, it's going for tragedy. But anyway, we don't even have to discuss it. But it, it's something that it, it's just hard to sit with because I love Glenn Close, and I more than that, I respect Glenn Close, mm-hmm. and I think she's an important American artist. And this is an unfortunate chapter. And it's, it's an unfortunate <laughs> chapter that she's been writing for 30 years. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it, it also changes everything when you consider that Nobbs is supposed to be a younger man. Um, it changes everything. Anyway, she's not supposed to be 60. Wait, seriously? Well, yeah. When she's playing Nobbs, she's playing, uh, she's playing her as whatever her age was. I don't know. Maybe. Um, anyway. Okay. So that's why she's courting like, Twenty-one-year-old Mia Wasikowska. Yeah, but, I mean, but, it, but it totally reads because of patriarchy. Like yeah. you can be, sure. you can be sixty yeah. years old, and, and I'm gonna open a shop for you. Yeah. So you have to love me. Are you, are you free on Sunday? We can go for a walk, maybe. <laughs> it's a, are you asking me to step out with you? <laughs> are you doing Kelly McDonald? <laughs> I, I got a puzzle to peel. I love when I love when Mia Vosikovska is just reading Albert Knobs the Riot Act and it's like, Albert, you tempt your feet. <laughs> Let's rank. Oh, I am not ready. Okay. Right, everyone says their favorite. I guess number we've already said it. Number one. Point. We can rank. Dangerous liaisons. Number two. The Big Chill. Yes. That's what's up. Number three. Oh, well, if we're including Fatal Attraction. Attraction. Number two, Fatal Attraction. Number three, The Big Chill. Number four, The Natural. 
which we which, did also course, which she was didn't not, talk about. She but wasn't she's, nominated. For she it. wasn't nominated for. I'm sorry, but I, I'm just gonna include it because I know she's very good in it. Number five. Very good. I didn't see Garp, so 101 Dalmatians. Great. And then Nobs is last. Nobs is up. And where do you put of the wife? <laughs> oh, but where do you put the wife? Oh, the wife. I would. Oh. Act, I would probably put in. I. I don't. I'm not gonna place it specifically with Be movies that I know very well. But I would put it in the league with Dangerous Liaisons and Fatal Attraction. Yeah, I would too. Brandon, how about you? <sighs> I drank a whole bottle of wine during this episode. It's good to see you, too. Cheers, bitches. Uh, Here's the 50 more. Okay, I'm going to say... This is hard. I'm going to put... I'm going to put Dangerous, Wife, and Garp all at first, because I don't know what to do. This is our show. Fatal Attraction at two. The Big Chill. 101 Dalmatians. Albert Knobs. And I've never seen her not nominated performance in The Natural. I'm making a little bit of a of an Albert Knobs with a flea face that the wife is ranked above Fatal Attraction. But this is, you know, it's Brandon's opinion. I know it is. I'm not actually saying that he's not allowed to I need it. to re. I need to re-watch Fatal Attraction. I only saw it that one time. She is very good. Very no, good. I know. It's like She's one so of the most iconic performances. My number performances. one is Fatal Attraction. My number two is The Big Chill. Number three is Dangerous Where did I liaisons. put the big chill? I don't remember. Number four is The Wife. Number five is The World According to Garp. And those are all perfect performances. And then... And then 100... 60 layers... No, oh, no, no, no. And then 60 layers of molasses. Mm. <laughs> which 101... No, no, no. 101 is above the 60 layers of molasses. 60 layers of molasses. Knobs. Haven't seen the natural. No. Doesn't matter. She wasn't nominated for no. it. <laughs> uh, where did I put Big Chill? I don't remember. Whatever. Anyway, my rankings. This my favorite movies I know. <laughs> I'm very tired, even still. After a night even of like still. ten hours of sleep last night, I'm still experiencing a sleep deficit. Um. It's not even like I was sleeping any less than I normally do, but it's just my days were so much so more. Doing, you were seeing the exciting. new Barry Jenkins. You were my days were and just like waking up at three a.m. Pacific to get to these movies was wild. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I'm Ben Empey. You can find me on Twitter at Real Todd Haynes. I'm Daniel Crook. You can find me on the internet at Daniel Crook with three O's. And I just want to thank our listeners mm. from the bottom of our hearts. It's very cool that we've done 50 of these, and it's even cooler that everybody listens to it. Uh, everyone, everybody listens to it. That everyone. It, literally everyone. But it, it, it genuinely is, it's a real, it's a real gift to like get to know some of our listeners a little bit better over the mm-hmm. last year and to have some conversations with them, and it's just, it's very cool that people listen to it and thank you for listening to it and thank you for letting us hang out every week and tweet uh, at us more because i love yeah attention and chatting i just i just like tweet at us it's i'm i'm actually like very overcome with earnestness i I thank you all for listening so sweet i've never been earnest in my life but (laughs) are you gonna do it now be earnest yeah maybe maybe in a little while (laughs) 
How much more oh, time I got? Oh, I no, thought, I wasn't. I wasn't. Oh, I thought you were just going to say something. I was something. just making a contrast with Daniel as a joke. Oh, love jokes. Um, I'm Janet McTeer. You can find me on Twitter at Real Janet McTeer. Thank you. <laughs> and I'll be opening a shoe polishing. What the fuck shop does he open? Tobacco. Oh, I'll be opening a tobacco shop smoke, with Mia Waskakowska in DTLA. You can look for that soon. Thank you. You can find yeah, Movies IMO on the yes. internet at Movies IMO. You can rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Please give us five stars if you leave us a rating. What's a your what favorite? Yes, tell us your favorite Glenn Close. <laughs> oh, I was going to ask for your favorite Albert, Albert Nobbs moment. Oh, sure. Let us know your I'm favorite Albert Nobbs moment. No, tell us your favorite and Glenn. Tell us your favorite Glenn performance. We, we only talked about her Academy Award nominated performances, but that leaves many others. Is it damages? There's so much about knobs we didn't talk about, like specifically, like I was saying earlier. Well, we'll talk when about when they it. run on the beach in dress. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's the only no. time that they're dressed as women, and it's also the only time that they're revealed to be free, quote unquote. It's fucking wild. Well, the movie that- has no. <sighs> Oh God. It's not based in reality. It can't have an opinion on well, anything. I, I didn't even talk about it. I'm, it's the magical realism of a John Louis Irving. Bu- it's a Louis Buñuel film. I mean, I have very specific feelings about this. It is, I mean, it is deeply surreal, Albert Nobbs. <laughs> it's not. I'm convinced it's, this movie didn't happen. Yeah. Did you actually see it in the theater? Did of it exist? Of course I did. <laughs> I'm not convinced. You saw it in a... You entered an alternate reality. I saw it at the Landmark Theater, where I saw The Wife. Oh, my God. Same theater. What if it was in the same room? It could have been. Was that man who saw Denial there? What a film. Me after Albert Nobbs. What a film. What a film. Anyway. Okay, good night. (laughs) Sleep tight. Bye. The winner is Jane Fonda. Thank you. Thank you very much, members of the Academy, and thank all of you who applauded. There's a great deal to say, and I'm not going to say it tonight. I would just like to really thank you very much. <laughs> I can't get it up.